Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do the podcast for best and worst TV show, video game and film for 2021. So best and worst for 2021 for TV, video games and films. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today I've got two co-hosts. One of them is David. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks. Good. And Gray is joining us as well today. How are you doing? I am alright, apart from being in isolation. (laughs) Yes, yes. So... Uh, cool, there we go with that. Um, so yes, what we're going to do is the same thing we've done, I think, for the last two years. Gray, I remember you were with us last year. I don't remember yep. what happened in 2019. David, I think you did this with me, but I, I can't remember if, if Gray was particularly there. But anyway, um, we're going to go through our list of things that we've got. So we've got disappointing things, best things, worst things. We've all got our own choices. Some of us might have good ideas of what the other people have got. Uh, but of course we haven't told each other uh, what we specifically got Uh, but what we're going to do I'm going to start off with my uh, like singular selections so things like best episode uh, biggest disappointment for uh, for TV those sorts of things so I'm going to start off with those and then once I've done that uh, David or Gray you'll go next and then once we've all read our our things there we'll go in the actual best uh, lists for each individual thing I think that that works Fantastic. Uh, yep. So I'm going to start off with something very small. Um, I didn't specifically say that music would be included in this, but I just thought I'd uh, I, I'd I'd mention somebody. Uh, so I put this down as best artist because uh, I do listen to music as well. I'm going to put Lennon Stella as well. Uh, for those of you who might have seen her in something before, she was in the TV show that I used to watch called Nashville. Of course, it did have a final season a couple of years ago. That's where I first found her, which was on that TV show, along with Connie Britton and uh, Hayden Panettiere and other people like that. And uh, of course, since the show is finished, uh, all the actors and the people involved have gone off and done their own things. Some have gone into other TV shows, some have done other things. Uh, but Lennon has done a lot of music since then, and I've just really enjoyed what she's done. So I'm going to pick Lennon Stella. Uh, she's got her own channel on YouTube. You can just t- search for Lennon Stella and you'll find her music on that. I think she's also on Spotify as well. So there's Lennon Stella. Uh, getting into some uh, football things, which I know neither of the two of you have got. Uh, but um, I'm going to start off with worst player. So this is more sort of a calendar year thing as opposed to the season. We're in the middle of the season at the moment, the 21-22 to 22 season. Uh, for those of you that listen to the United cast, the worst player won't really be a surprise, but best player could be a bit of a surprise. Worst player, I'm going to pick Lindelof, um, who just has a number of uh, problems when he plays football. And it could be a question of, you know, the setup, the system, who he's partnered with in defence. Um, a lot of people really like his ability to do a long pass, and he is he is very good at that. But it doesn't make him better at actually defending and tackling and doing things like that. So uh, I don't think that's a massive surprise to people that follow my football coverage. But uh, I'm going to go with Lindelof, and then best player. I'm going to go with the great young uh, Mason Greenwood, who's uh, also pl- is a striker for England. Yeah, I don't think he was in the Euros team, but. Uh, uh, he's included in that. Uh, some really good goals from him this season. And, of course, he had uh, a bit of a um, tragic incident that happened um, sort of around January-ish where he lost his best friend uh, to suicide, unfortunately, because um, I think it was, it was a friend of his that was trying out to play for Manchester City. Uh, he didn't quite make it for the team, unfortunately, and uh, that unfortunately happened. But uh, Greenwood has... Uh, t- some time has passed since then. And Greenwood has been has been striking really well since then and scoring lots of goals. And of course, he's got Ronaldo next to him as well, which is very helpful. So, 
Uh, let's go on to um, what have I got after this? Uh, best comeback. Now, this type of best comeback that I've got written down isn't specifically for something that was bad and turned good. This is something that has um, had no um, releases of any kind in 2020, because obviously you had the you know the pandemic still happening, um, but has really come back roaring this year to, to to put it in some sort of way and that's the mcu um of course it's bit it was being it was doing well you know in 2019 and all, all the years pretty much before that but just having the mcu be basically completely absent in 2020 was uh something i think most of us sort of missed it was actually gone for what a year and a half i think the mcu because then we got one division at the start of this year and in between that we had uh spider-man uh far from home the second one uh, in in that uh, little franchise, um, but yeah, the MCU's just come back, come back swinging this year with with lots and lots of different things, and uh, it's been really really great to see. Uh, stick with Marvel for for a minute here. I've got best series finale, so not necessarily final season, but best series finale. Uh, and I'm going to put a Marvel show in here. I've got two contenders, but one that I'm going to choose, and the other one I guess is sort of second. Uh, it's Agents of Shield. Which uh, started in November last year on Disney Plus. It moved. Let's let's just use the phrase "moved away from E4," um, and uh, ended up on Disney Plus. Makes sense, you know, for the platform, and it's a Marvel show. Um, but I was really, really happy with that uh, series finale, which that the episode of that would have been uh, early this year. And you know, lots of people still kind of want Daisy slash Sky to come back, and they want some of those other characters back, but. Me personally, I don't feel like I need to see those those characters again. I was very, very happy with how their story finished. And that's ultimately what a series finale is supposed to do. Is give you a satisfying conclusion to uh, the characters that you've been following for a number of seasons. Uh, the other one that I've picked is... Uh, David, is The Walking Dead World Beyond, which we finished coverage for yesterday. I was very, very happy yeah. with uh, a few particular scenes. Of course, we, we broke those down yesterday in the... Uh, <laughs> wrap-up podcast but uh some admittedly groundbreaking things that happened in both in that season and specifically in that series finale you, you know what i'm i'm particularly talking about i can't say what it is here because it's a massive spoiler but um yeah i was really really happy with uh with how that all finished as well so uh i'm putting those two but i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with agents of shield as the actual choice because that was that was more of a series finale because the walking dead still got like an ongoing universe and that kind of stuff so uh just a quick note as well for my particular list this isn't a surprise but i'm going to be saying the uh name zoe a few times in <laughs> in in this just a just a bit of a uh a heads up i guess um i just thought it'd be a fun thing to put in uh speaking of that moving on to best actress um i couldn't just go with one nominee because there were lots of great acting performances this year so i've got a little mini sort of top three uh, written down here. And number three, uh, I've got Elizabeth Olsen for her performance as Wanda in, of course, the WandaVision series, which aired earlier this year. Fantastic stuff, you know, dealing with the, the multiverse things that were going on and the vision, the grief with, with vision and everything and uh, all, the, all the kinds of wild things that were happening in that show. And she was just phenomenal in the series. Because uh, I think you can look at both, obviously, Wanda and Vision as the main characters. But I think the, the story there is more about Wanda and what she's kind of going through and everything. So, 
as Elizabeth Olsen. Number two, I'm going to go with Annie Murphy for her performance in uh, Kevin Can S him, uh, F Himself uh, in that show. Um, really, really good performance uh, in, in that. And uh, yeah, kind of dealing with this sort of newish format of this like multi still sort of this multi-cam sitcom kind of thing but blending itself with like a breaking bad drama along with like a episode of you know big bang theory or, or something those one of those sorts of shows uh she did a phenomenal job uh with with that as well and number one is jane levy for uh as zoe in zoe's well either christmas or playlist whichever one you want to choose from but jane levy as zoe in Zoe's extraordinary playlist, uh, just again another character kind of dealing with grief and that sort of thing. Um, but she's done a phenomenal job in both the was it thirteen episodes this season, that twelve or thirteen episodes, and the uh, Christmas film that we got as well. So that's my choices for best actress. Moving on to best actor, I've got two nominees. Uh, again, a little mini rankings kind of thing here. Number two, I'm going to go with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. As Negan in The Walking Dead, kind of specifically for the ten twenty two episode, here's Negan, where him and his real life wife were playing their on screen. So they they were both playing their on screen partners, and they're both real life uh, a real life couple as well, which was I think was the the perfect choice, wasn't it really? So uh, that was great, uh, but he particularly shone in in that episode and was really really incredible. He's been really good the first since the first moment that we saw him on screen as Negan. In that famous uh, six sixteen episode with the the one the, the one with the cliffhanger, <laughs> that's uh, that episode. Uh, number one, best actor of the year. I'm gonna give a guy, I'm gonna give to a guy called Michael uh, Simono or, or Simono as uh, Victor in the TV show called Love Victor, where he plays the main character who's going through a uh, journey of um, sexuality, you know, ch- changing sort of sexuality and how he's managing that and everything. And uh, with the, what that character's got to deal with, especially more so in the second season, which was this year. I think both of those seasons were this year, but the second season was definitely this year. Um, did a really, really good job with uh, with handling that and uh, just, you know, gelled really well with all the other characters and, and that kind of stuff. So those are some very, very good things. Let's move on to some uh, bad things. The worst film of 2021. Uh, I'm going to go with Wonder Woman 84. Uh, which I think was just, just really bad. And <laughs> every time I see somebody do like a DC rankings for this year, or talk about Wonder Woman as a character, or all the, the, those sorts of things, um, I don't know where I'd put this in a worst comic book films list, but I think it would be in contention to be either in a top five or a top ten for worst comic book film. Um, I remember David, you you saw it as well, and you you've sort of had uh, similar sort of uh, yeah. It just it just wasn't it, very good. It's interesting. I I was kind of just putting together my list and thinking I I generally I don't have worst lists generally because uh-huh. I I generally don't try n- not to watch things that I don't think I'm going to enjoy in some way. Mm-hmm. But now you mention it, I'd completely forgotten I'd seen that movie. But now you mention well, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if if you were going to have to put a worst film out um, for this year, Wonder Woman eighty four would definitely be the one that I would put in. Um, it just, mm-hmm. I mean, I, and it also would be my most disappointing actually, because 
it's, you, you look at the first movie and she did so well with the first movie and then they gave her more free reign in the second movie. She did mm. that. Like, eh, uh, maybe she did actually need somebody stood over, over her shoulder to tell her not to do things, possibly. Um, mm. Yeah, so yeah. it's yeah. a shame. Um, you know, a real shame that it wasn't better, you know, because it had a lot of promise and, yeah, just not good. Not good at all. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's go with worst TV show. Um, let's build up to this one a little bit more. This is a DC show. Uh, so there's a number of them that could be chosen from. Uh, this year it is not Titans that I'm putting in this list, which it might surprise a lot of you. Uh, it's the second season of Batwoman, which was just written awfully. And... The idea of using recasting is something that I'm a big fan of. You know, if an actor drops out for a sh- of a show for any reason, could be a number of different reasons that an actor can't be in a role anymore. And of course, we had Ruby Rose dropped out as uh, Kate Kane, Batwoman, after the first season. So they brought in uh, Javicia, and she took up the mantle as Ryan. Uh, that particular part wasn't the problem. It was when they tried to do something else with... I can't really sort of get into it properly because of spoilers. That example of recasting is the worst handling, mishandling of casting I've ever seen for anything. Um, And it basically wasted the story for the whole season. Because the whole season was essentially about what that recasting was for. And the whole... If if you take out that one storyline, you end up with about five episodes because most of the rest of that season was to do with that and it was it was just so badly mishandled I, I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing um, and that, that that's a point that does bring the season down a lot but it was also just misuse of other characters not just that particular character but misuse of other characters uh, wasting characters like Alice who's like one of the more interesting ones just giving her this wasted time storyline with her boyfriend who she did and didn't love or whatever that was uh that was particularly bad so um i guess congratulations to titans you you, you haven't made it as, <laughs> as the worst show this year which I, I think i chose that for last year's worst tv show but um no not titans this time that doesn't quite make it for that so Inch- yeah as that's interesting i mm. would argue there is a worse one out of yeah, those DC I, shows. i think so too <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know what you're saying. I will give Batwoman season two a little bit of leeway because of the fact that they had this recasting thrown at them. Um, I, I know what you're saying about you know they actually re- they they recast you know cast a new character as Batwoman and then they recast somebody else later and you kind of think if you're gonna do that, why didn't you just do that at the start? And but anyway, exactly, yeah. Um, you know, so I I get what you're saying. Uh, I I think I will give them a little bit of leeway on that because of the fact that uh, you know they had this thrown at them, they had had found themselves in a hole they need to dig out of. So you know, I'm I'm prepared to sort of give them a little bit of leeway. But um, some of the other Belanti shows, particularly of that first gen. Uh, really disappointing and should know better mm. than um, you know. I mean, there's there is I, I don't know what Gray has got, but there is one other that comes to particularly divine for me. Yeah, same here. Yeah. 
yeah, we'll get there very soon. Well, speaking of biggest disappointment for TV, uh, it's not one show. It's the Arrowverse, the whole thing <laughs> uh, for, for this season. We, we've, spoken about this, we've spoken about this before. Um, I I can't. I still to this day can't quite tell if it was all let down because they didn't build up to a crossover that was exciting. I mean, they did one recently, the Armageddon one, but that was for the next lot of seasons. I'm talking about the ones that you know the the Batwoman season, the ones that aired alongside Batwoman season two. So like Flash season uh, six, I think that would be that 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 season of the Arrowverse which aired this year. Um, but just kind of across the board with Supergirl, with certain parts of Legends, with certain parts of Black Lightning, with the Flash particularly taking just a, a nosedive in quality. Yeah. Um, just just the, the whole thing was just a massive disappointment and it felt like um, a chore at certain points to get through some of those shows. Um, but then we did have, you know, Superman, which came along, which was really good. So that was good as well. Um, most disappointing company. Um so uh, it's going to go to Warner Brothers. I thought I'd put all these together as just a, D- a disappointing DC section for uh, for this year. Um, not just for TV or for film, but for both, really. Um, and the, 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 the biggest... I mean, there's a lot of things to sort of point the finger at for Warner Brothers this year and be like, you messed up. But one thing I'll just never quite understand, and uh, the, the reason that kind of solidified my choice here is... You had all this build up to the Snyder Cut. Uh, everyone's very, very excited. You know, Zack Snyder's vision, four hours, a lot of content. What we're going to see, dark sides in this film, and all the diff, diff characters weren't, that weren't even in the quote unquote original version of that film. <laughs> the film comes out on a Thursday, or came out on a Thursday. It was all the way back in March. Then on Sunday, so a few days later, an interview with one of the CEOs, I think her name is Anne something, uh, had an interview released on that Sunday and one of the questions in the interview is are you going to continue this thing this Snyderverse are you going to be doing a Justice League 2 and it was just no um so after all those years of build up anticipation excitement you've killed the momentum for one of your biggest films in years in the space of a few days and I just don't understand how or why that sort of happened I know that there was like somewhat of a slim chance that the Snyder Cut or the Snyderverse wasn't going to be continued but that was just a way to just completely squash everybody's hopes and there is still people campaigning for you know restore the Snyderverse and this sort of thing but that's just one one of the many things that just really stuck out about them this year um I, I just still can't quite believe that that happened so and it was also like no Aya Cut and all this kind of stuff for those sorts of things so and and just the the complete refusal for whatever reason to just not bring Henry Cavill back and all, all, all these other sorts of things that they've been doing so uh yeah uh anyway moving back briefly to some uh good things best streaming service which is kind of a new one that I've put in again so some of these things sort of just come to mind if they stick out for particular reasons I'm giving this one to uh, Apple TV plus I think it had a very very good this year uh yeah this year with things like Dickinson and Mythic Quest and of course like Invasion which I've recently very much enjoyed uh, Mosquito Coast the morning show was really good Ted Lasso is really good uh what else have we had over there um things like Servant as well lots of very very good and you know shorter quality seasons but really high production values and and those kind of things and just you've got a lot of different tv shows in the ones that i just mentioned you've got some horror you've got like a football show you've got an alien invasion show you've got like a breaking bad kind of thing in there 
Um, and then you've got like a period piece with like a rebel teen twist sort of thing on it with Dickinson, and they've really done some uh, some great work. I know I haven't quite got into um, uh, what's that sci-fi show that you like, David? M- begins with M, I think. Uh, uh no, uh, Foundation. Found- no, the other one. Oh, for all, uh, for oh, for all, mankind. For all mankind. Yeah, I know I haven't quite sort of like clicked with that yet, but that's another one for me to kind of get back to and try. So uh, just just a really really great library, even before this year, but they've just built upon it this year with some uh, some new and continuing really really great shows. So uh, I've really enjoyed Apple's content this year. Uh, worst video game uh, for the year. It's going to go to Battlefield 2042 for, in my opinion, being the worst first-person shooter I've ever played. And I've got over 10 years of experience of playing first-person shooters. I've played a number of them. I'm not going to sit here now and list all of them. But I uh, did, did an episode recently just on that game and talked about the specifics as to why that game is so particularly bad. As- aside from the usual things like frame rate issues, glitches, server issues, those kind of things. There are basic kind of movements as your character that aren't even in that game and there's things like there was no scoreboards at launch which you know if you're playing a competitive online shooter and you want to know who's winning that's where a scoreboard comes in yeah yeah so um yeah really really uh disappointing from dice and uh and ea so there you go uh, biggest disappointment for video games. I didn't know which of these two to choose from, but I've kind of put both of them in. Uh, one of which is Guardians of the Galaxy, and the other one is Life is Strange True Colors. Um, these are just sort of... I don't hate these games. I don't think they're particularly bad. They were just not as good as what I thought they could be, and were just, well, just a bit disappointing. And those are the two that kind of stuck out to me. I know, David, you enjoyed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I enjoyed certain parts of it. It's just overall as a, as a package and as a game um it just didn't quite click and it was just a bit of a disappointment for me same thing with the life is strange because i also enjoyed the two previous life is strange games as well so <laughs> that's for those ones uh biggest disappointment for films this was a film i did kind of re- review because I, I i wanted to still talk about this film in an episode but i didn't get around to actually finishing it because i i couldn't get through it <laughs> Uh, it's Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, which came out on uh, Disney Plus earlier this year. And I think I got 35, 40 minutes in, and I just kept getting more and more annoyed at it. And I think I remember saying at a time, okay, this film's called Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm going to wait until the dragon shows up and see if this film gets any better. You know, give it, give it a bit of the benefit of the doubt. Let it actually have all the elements that it has in the title in there. The dragon showed up, it opened its mouth and started talking, and then it got worse. So I decided to uh, just just uh, switch it off after that. But I've I've done an episode on that, which is like a, I guess like a half film review, if you want to sort of call it that. So that's for Ryan the Last Dragon. That's a, a Disney film. Uh, let's move on to some, uh, some good, back to some good stuff. Best episode of the year. Uh, it's not for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist episode. It's for an episode of Invasion. It's season one, episode six. I can't remember the specific name. I think it's called Home Invasion, the episode. And it's just 30 minutes of a bottle episode. This That one actually doesn't switch between the characters. It stays with one set of characters. But it's done for a good reason. And it was a good kind of experiment for the show to do as well. 
And it's just an episode where there's a certain ca- amount of characters, certain characters locked in a house. And there's a couple of the aliens, of course, from the alien invasion, hunting them down. And it's sort of, can these characters get out of this house alive? Uh, it's a very kind of simple setup, but really, really awesome and intense episode. And maybe I did, but I don't remember actually looking away from the screen for half an hour when I watched that because I just, I, I could barely even move. It was so just fun and intense. And it's one of them things where, even though the episode's quiet and the characters have to keep quiet, but you don't, it's still sort of, it's that tension thing where you just don't want to make, you don't want to make too much noise because of the, the atmosphere that's been kind of created. So I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that episode. Uh, one that's close to that, which I'm going to put just in sort of, I guess, second spot, is uh, The Walking Dead 1022, Here's Negan, so the, the episode that I mentioned from earlier. Probably would have won that if the Invasion episode hadn't come out. I know, David, we really enjoyed that episode. Mm-hmm. We said yeah. it was like one of the one of the best, if not the best, Walking Dead episodes that they've ever done. Uh, which is strange, because that's a bottle episode, and usually the worst episodes of The Walking Dead are the bottle Absolutely, episodes, yeah. Which was, yeah, the, the previous one to that was one of the worst episodes, and that was a bottle episode. Yeah. So uh, you you can do them right. Walking Dead, you can do some very good bottle episodes, but just not very often. So uh, that was really, really good as well. Uh, Best scene is... I've got two nominees. They're both from the same thing. And uh, I can't can't mention what happens specifically in the scene because it would spoil it. But it's for a song performed called Bad Blood. And this is in Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. I can't tell you who performs the song. It would be a spoiler. I can't tell you why or anything sort of about it. You just have to take my word for it. Uh, it's called Bad Blood. Um, David, you saw the film. Do you know which song I'm... You know which song I'm talking about, I'm trying to remember. It's no. Near, it's nearest uh, to the start. Yeah, no. I, I, Yes, I can't quite remember. It was... Yeah, it was... Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Um, And the second one I've got, so the second sort of runner-up, is also from Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, and it's called... Um, it's... I can't mention what type. I can't remember to mention what type of song it was because it was a bit different. But one of the songs included was called "Just the Two of Us," and there right. was something else going on in the scene. But I can't tell you what that's about because that will spoil <laughs> it as well. So uh, again, you'll just have to take my word for it. But two very, very good songs performed from Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. I did warn you all. I'll say the name Zoe a few more times. <laughs> Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. 
and you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Hey everybody, it's just me. Uh, just thought I'd record the housekeeping section of this podcast after uh, we finish recording the ep- actual episode. So, uh, let's get on with that. So recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, me and David, as we will mention at certain points in this episode, we did do a series wrap-up for The Walking Dead World Beyond. So you can go and listen to that if you've seen the uh, se- uh, the, the whole series, because uh, the whole thing's finished now. So that's The Walking Dead World Beyond series wrap-up. That's me and David. Uh, did a big uh, Witcher Day on Friday, uh, and you can check out the episodes for those. There is a podcast for every two episodes. So if you watch two episodes, podcast, two episodes, podcast, continuation of that until the end of the season. Uh, so one, 201 and 202, one podcast, then a podcast after every two episodes you'll see what uh when to listen to the episodes because they've got the uh, the numbers in the titles so you can check that out that's for the witcher that has been renewed for a third season and there's also a trailer for blood origins i think it's called which is the prequel series i uh, did another episode recently that was talking about how ubisoft has destroyed assassin's creed not just from a monetary sense but from an identity sense very much so uh it's basically turned into a fantasy series game and i talked about this uh, new expansion the price of it and where it is and isn't included with certain other things and how ubisoft is basically has ruined assassin's creed at least in my opinion uh, it's an opinion piece based off of piece of news so you can listen to that also within that news uh made it kind of a ubisoft episode i talked about the fact that uh ubisoft had finally decided to remake the first splinter cell game so i thought i'd combine those two pieces of pieces of news give my opinion and uh, make that just a ubisoft episode uh superhero film has come out recently that some of you might be talking about it's called spider-man no way home i did a review for that mine was a must-see review and you can check that out. If you haven't seen the film, don't worry. The first half of that podcast is spoiler-free, just like pretty much all of our other film reviews. So you can have a look for that one as well. Classic Reviews is back for Season 5. That's going to be continuing every week on Wednesday, so there'll be a new episode coming out this Wednesday as well. Uh, the first episode of Season 5, which was last week, is for the uh, episodes 1 to 4, because they're a bit shorter than what I thought they'd be, of Tom and Jerry. So Season uh, 5 episodes... Uh, sorry, Season 1... So Volume 1, Season 1 of Tom and Jerry, Episodes 1 to 4. That's the first episode back for the fifth season of Classic Reviews, so you can have a look at that. Last Gaming Talk for the year that we did as well. uh, Me and Robert talked about the Game Awards, both the announcements and the actual winners of the awards. One of those announcements was a Wonder Woman game. The other one was showing off some more gameplay for Hellblade 2. And there was a whole bunch of other things that were showing off in those awards, so you can check that episode out. Uh, we had a special podcast recently, which was a Patreon request from somebody called Barbara. So thank you very much to her for doing that. That is for Season 1, Episodes 1 and 2 of the Arcane uh, Netflix show. This is a League of Legends spin-off adaption thing, and we talked about that. So thank you very much to her for redeeming 
that reward over on Patreon, which you can also do as well if you want to. And uh, that is everything pretty much we've been doing. We've been doing sorry on EntertainmentTalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. Just search for Entertainment Talk. I shall now hand you back over to the original episode, and you can hear David's uh, singular selections. That's the next part of this podcast. So thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of this episode. Uh, that's all of my list, or, or the like singular selections. Um, David, let's go to you next. What have you got for these same uh, sections? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So disappointing TV shows. Second half of Big Sky season one. Hmm. I I thought was. It, it's so disappointing, actually, that I haven't gone back to the rest of it. Uh, you know, I watched the opening of the second half of it, and I was just very deflated after... I don't know whether... Maybe it was the frame of mind I was in. I'm, it worked so well. Uh, and then, I don't know, it just didn't kind of grab me that second half of the first season. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that that is sort of disappointing. I maybe need to go back and give that another run at... Um, why the last man as well on disney plus um i totally forgot about that show yeah exactly and that had so much promise and again didn't sort of manage to bring it which is a real shame um and uh the the biggest disappointment for me is just the massive downward trajectory of the flash in season seven um Mm. I, I mean, the opening of the the what was essentially the resolution to season six, which got bumped because of COVID. Mm. The which is the opening episode of season seven, or opening couple of episodes, which was the mirror mistress. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that which is essentially resolved with love. Is is just? I mean, words can't describe how much I hated that resolution. <laughs> um, just awful. And the rest of the season was kind of improved, but it never really got to you know. It, as you say, it felt like work trudging through some of this. I have seen the opening of season eight, which obviously I'm not going to go into because I was in America recently. So I managed to watch it while I was over there because uh, uh-huh. I thought, oh, I'll get the CW app and like go and uh, watch the, the opening of the Flash while it's on. Um, so I've seen that opening five episode arc, which is actually quite enjoyable. I, I, I think that worked quite well. And the Flash actually used his Flash powers for quite a lot of it, which is something that has been horribly missing throughout like they they seem to love taking the powers off the flash um so yeah that i really horribly disappointing um and so those are my sort of main disappointing tv shows uh best comeback i would like to give to titans uh for Mm. the third season um and Yes, the second season wasn't great. I agree with you on that. The third season actually does a really good job of pulling everything back together. And I think part of that is because it's all contained within Gotham, um, you know, and it's familiar. The It's an interesting take they've used on Scarecrow because he's sort of part Scarecrow. He's a little bit Riddler as well. They've kind of merged a couple of characters almost yeah. to do that. But it does work and um the i i wasn't sure how well the red hood stuff would work but it, they seem to manage to 
pull that off. They are kind of speedrunning themselves through the Robins in some respects because, you know, they've now introduced Tim as well. So they're, they're very quickly getting through a lot of those characters. Um, I But I did think that from season two to season three, that, that was a... a, a pretty sizable jump in quality they did a much better job in the third season and they also handled the multiple characters much better because there are a lot of characters in that show and um they managed to i mean they paired the characters down slightly as well uh and they managed to handle them much better i think in season three so i i found that a far more enjoyable experience so i i would say best come back for that um and uh, worst film, as I said, I hadn't actually got one until you mentioned Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. It was terrible. Uh, and just I, the not very well put together, overly hammy acting, um, just not particularly interesting plots. I, I just really didn't hold together well at all. Um, and a massive step down from the first one. So. Mm. Yeah, um, I think Patty's right in the third one, so let's. Uh, Let well. <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect. Yes, hopefully it's going to be some time yet, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what, have you got like uh, any actor or actress stuff? No, no, I didn't do any of that. Okay, okay, and then all you got is uh, your your lists after that, right? Yes. Okay, um, Gray, have you got any selection similar to these types of ones? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, my most disappointing television show, obviously, I'm not going to mention, well, The Flash has been mentioned enough times, but it was the first show and up on eight episodes in, I gave up on that. I thought it was, just wasn't going in the direction what, that I needed to cut some I think stuff out. So that, skip the second there. The Flash. Oh, The Flash. The okay. Flash. The Flash. So that went. Uh, but other than that, I, I'd like to say um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, compared to its uh, sort of like company that came out this year as well, including Hawkeye that we've got now, I just think Falcon and Winter Soldier is the disappointment amongst the pack. That's maybe being a little bit picky, but... You know, following WandaVision, it was just, to me, it just wasn't what we needed. WandaVision was so grabbing and exciting and you look forward to the next week and then Falcon and Winter Soldier sort of limped along and I really struggled with the plot and, yeah, film quality, but Mm. for me that was my biggest disappointment. Um, If I think about disappointing film, um, I'm going to say The Suicide Squad. I'm probably saying that because I haven't seen Wonder Woman. I heard the reviews very early on, so stop myself going to see that. But even though I'd heard the reviews of The Suicide Squad, I wanted to give it a go. And yes, very disappointing. (laughs) I was a little bit sad Mm. um, coming out of that. It's just... Do you prefer the 2016 version or do you not I don't, like either I don't of them? like either of them now. Okay, I was hoping okay. this would rescue it, but unfortunately, mm. I'm sorry, James Gunn, you just couldn't do it for me this time. <laughs> uh, so those I, are my, I, yeah. I went back and rewatched the 2016 version and I preferred that one. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would now give them both a miss. I love Viola Davis, but this is to me, you know, it just needed needed to rest that, needed to go now. So, yeah, yeah those are my two disappointments. The only other thing I've selected out for us are some of our best actors and best actresses. 
Um, so I absolutely agree with you. Elizabeth Olsen is in my top three best actresses for her role in WandaVision. Um, I'm also going to give a shout out to Lydia West from It's a Sin. She played the character Jill. Um, absolutely beautiful in episode four um, and episode five. And if we're going to talk about episodes, I didn't list them in particular, but um, the episode far, four and five of It's a Sin um, from earlier this year was absolutely heartbreaking and absolutely amazing um and i would absolutely put uh, lydia west out there as a, as one of the top and my final best actress is a british actress nicola walker um if anyone knows her she's from um unforgotten um she plays she plays dci cassie stewart um, no spoilers, uh, but um, it was her final season in that role. But she was just fantastic. And she's such a subtle actress. Um, we obviously know her from Spooks um, and she's been in loads of things. She's, you know, she's popped up in loads of TV shows. But what she gave in her most recent performance in Unforgotten was absolutely beautiful and uh, definitely um, my top actress there. Um, over to Best Actor, I've only chosen two. Uh, one of them is Ollie Alexander for It's a Sin. Um, and Nakuti Gatwa for um, Sex Education. I just think their portrayals of their characters in both of those programmes are absolutely fantastic, and they were there in my top two. Um, but those are all my single things. Who's that from Sex Education? Uh, Nakuti Gatwa plays um, Otis's best friend. Um, oh, right, yeah. Oh, Eric. Yeah, Eric. yeah, he's Sorry. really cool. Yeah. He's really, really yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Just like the, the nuances he plays in his character, and why there are some stereotypes there, he also brings out some real heart and real emotion, and yeah, absolutely fantastic for me. Um, mm. And those, Matt, are all my sort of single and like odd nom- nominations or mentions uh, before my lists. Cool. Yeah, he did a really good job with uh, with season three with that that character's like journey and yeah. stuff, and even in the first two seasons, but like particularly in uh, in the third season of Sex Education. So, uh, yeah, good choices. Um, I think what we should do is get video games kind of out the way so Greg can kind of properly join us for the rest of the episode, if if that makes sense. Um, so uh, I'll just kind of go first and then remember the thing we said about uh, guessing each other's number one choice. Um, everybody good with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I've got five games in my list. Um, I realised I didn't finish as many games this year as what I thought I did, but we also did have less games coming out and we had things that i dropped like battlefield 2042 and you know guardians and and those sorts of things so uh yeah uh so number five i'm gonna go with uh, a returning game from quite some time ago and uh a friend of the show is involved in this game as well there's psychonauts 2 uh nikki rap who's a friend of the show who uh, voices Lily. She voices Lily both on Psychonauts 2 and in the Walking uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead, so she's done uh, two jobs as a character called uh, Lily, which is great. But uh, Tim Schafer back as well. Um, I'm not sure if you saw, David, but I, I saw this video on YouTube. Jack Black joined Tim Schafer, and he did this like charity stream thing, and they played Psychonauts 2. Uh, mm-hmm. I found like a video yeah. that was like an hour or something. I need to go and uh, check that out as well. Uh, so that was really good. But... Um, yeah, uh, only a couple of gripes of Psychonauts 2. Um, the, I liked the story, but I didn't like the way it was necessarily told, but it sort of like got to where it needed to in the end, and I enjoyed kind of the story itself. The combat, although it's not one of the vocal points of the game, 
uh, could have done with like a slight bit more improvement, but I never really sort of had massive frustrations with it. Those were just the two that things that didn't really quite work. But in terms of the things that did work, and of course got this game into this list, uh, the characters are fantastic. The chemistry between them, and of course Lily and sort of Raz's is she my girlfriend kind of relationship is uh, really fun and really cool. Uh, so that's really good and it's uh, a very very creative game as well especially in terms of you know it's level design and because the game's literally got the idea of you're jumping in and out of people's minds to help them with different things so that you can kind of bring them back or whatever and uh, get them to help you in their story so it's very very creative with those things you know jumping into different people's minds and even the actual main psychonauts building itself is is really really cool uh some really really great platforming with some of it uh you know the, some great controls that are in there and i did actually jump from the xbox original version of psychonauts 1 to this game and there's just a gigantic improvement of course because it's been like over 10 years but uh it, it it's a notable, very very notable difference. The first game's still really great, but of course the second game's got all the uh, modern controls and mm. everything that really goes for it. So uh, really really great stuff with with that. Uh, number four, I've got Metroid Dread, uh, my first game in the Metroid series. I know that there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, I now would consider myself a, I guess a fan in quotes. I've only played one of the games, but I really really liked it. Uh, this kind of like space adventure where you're suited up as a person called Samus and you get these different abilities as you go through the sense of progression in the game is fantastic once you defeat like a tough boss you get a new sort of ability and they were like different things uh you can do this you can use this like grapple thing to to attach yourself to certain part of the walls you can almost become like a a little bit spider-man-esque because you can sort of like use this grapple on the wall and then you can crawl up the wall at uh, only on certain surfaces but it's kind of like spider-man like that was really cool and getting sort of new uh, weapons and stuff that you could use. And it always had one of these funny things where you'd get to a certain point and you'd think, oh, I can't open that area. I clearly need something. You'd then go and find a boss or somebody to defeat. You'd beat them. You'd gain something. And it would be like, this thing is for this part that you were at early. And you'd go, oh, okay. Then you go back there. Then you progress through. And it's just really, really uh, satisfying with all that. The story's kind of mysterious and cool. So really, really enjoyed that. Um, my third choice here, number three, perhaps a controversial pick, but I, I did very much enjoy this game. This game's been on a particular journey. It did come out right at the end of last year. That's Cyberpunk 2077 from CD Projekt Red. I know that a lot of people had problems with this game. Uh, some people couldn't get it to run properly for them. And it's on various different platforms, so you would get... It was kind of a roll of the dice as to what version of the game that you were going to get, but surprising thing on my side was once the game had gone through a certain stage of getting certain patches it was quite um vocally sort of said that the worst play to play the worst um uh platform to play this game was on base ps4 but that's where i played cyberpunk and i guess luckily for me it ran it didn't run perfectly but it ran a lot better than had been described and that i'd seen i mean this whole videos of this game on youtube of like glitch montages that are 15 minutes long and there's there's loads of things also uh i never once in my whole run of the game had any character that did a t-pose never so that was that was very very (laughs) cool but uh a really cool world very very cool weapons a really engaging story and of course you know you've got all this corporate stuff that's going on with body modifications is it right is it wrong is a few political sort of angles around that 
You've also got Keanu Reeves in here as well. That's always a win, isn't it, really? No matter what the, the situation. I'm looking forward to seeing him back in uh, in Matrix whenever I get to seeing that. Uh, he plays a character called Johnny Silverhand. Even though I didn't like that character, you're not really supposed to necessarily. It depends on yeah. your journey with that character. But the journey that I went on really didn't like that character. But that's just Keanu doing a very, very good job of uh, portraying that character. Uh, two left to go. Number two on my list. Um, both of these games, I believe I put in the Geek Town Awards nominations. Uh, one of them's called Little Nightmares 2, which is the creepiest, maybe scariest game I've ever played, and the creepiest piece of media that I've ever experienced. Just this idea that the game's got, and it did it in the first game, but it did it even better in the second game. This idea that you'd be controlling your character, you'd be walking towards your next room, and it would be silent, you'd hear creaking, you'd hear all this kind of like horror atmosphere. And you would just hear the weirdest things coming from the next room. Or you'd hear crashing and banging. Or you'd hear snarling. Or you'd see a woman stretch her neck for five feet or, or whatever. Like something really <laughs> creepy. And you'd just be left with the feeling before you went into the next screen of... What is in the next room? What am I going to face off against in the next room? And I'm not going to spoil anything else that was in kind of the game... But there were some really creepy things in that game, and it really worked, and uh, it was just awesome. And kind of does wrap up the series as well. There was a, a note that came out that sort of, I think Bandai Namco had the interest to do more games, but the developer said that they didn't. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, if they want to leave it at number at the second game, that's fine. It's told its story, and uh, it was really, really a phenomenal game. Uh, so we get on to the guessing part. Uh, David, what do you think my number one game is? I'm trying to think what you haven't mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. uh, unless there, were, there weren't any crash games out this year, were there? No, nope. no, that was last year. Uh, any of the Call of Duties that were out this year? Um, nope. I don't keep track of those, so I, I honestly don't know. I'm trying to think. It what was you... it was one that was nominated for a Geek Town Award. Uh, in, in in that category, let me cheat and look. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, game of the year. Um, trying to think. Uh, oh, Oddworld. Yes, yes. Oddworld. Yes, I've forgotten you hadn't mentioned that. Yes. Mm, yes. Uh, my number one. Yes, is Oddworld Soulstorm. My game of the year, which. Um, some of you might be like, oh, it's a remake, it's a remaster. No, it's not. It's not a remake or a remaster. It's basically taking... Because they remastered the first game. That was actually a remaster. This is a... I guess you could call it rebuild of the second game. But what it essentially is doing is... They remade... So remastered the first game, which was called Odd World. I think it was called New and Tasty. And they built new lore from it. I think they introduced a couple of like entirely new characters that you interact with in the second game. And the second game is just this massive extension, and it's just it's a it's a it's a bit like a sort of Snyder Cut version of of this game. So it's got yeah. it has got things that the second game does have, but I wouldn't call it a remake or a remaster because it's just got other things that are in there. Uh, of course, one of the things that really just made that game shine for me is it, uh, instead of just apart from just being a really good Oddworld game with having a back and all the PlayStation nostalgia that's there. In the second game, 
you're able to do something that's very, very simple, but something that's a really big game changer for the Oddworld series, which is where you can get Abe, who is only walking around in a pair of pants, because he hasn't got anything else, walking around uh, the whole of Rupture Farms in his bare feet, uh, and you can search lockers, you can search bins, and you can build little things for yourself. You can build, like, rubber balls, and you can, like, if, if you find a fire extinguisher, you can make, like, a flamethrower out of that, and you can make these little mines, and because you pick up, like, batteries and all these other kind of things. And you couldn't do that in any of the previous Oddworld, game, Oddworld games, not to my knowledge, anyway. And just taking the, the same stealth format as those original games and adding that element in. Because you could do things like throw rocks at certain things in the old games. But I just kind of took that idea and just, just scaled it up to a completely different level. Um, you can also, if you've got Madukans, uh, which are Abe's friends, with you, you can give them bombs to throw as well. And you can there's just these big massive set pieces where you've got like 15 of his friends with him and you're throwing bombs and there's slags everywhere and it's just... And then you like set them on fire and they fly towards the screen and it's just it's really really great stuff and uh, I like this this new lore that they've built as well and I think they're going to continue doing the same treatment with the other games and just build a new sort of like timeline uh, but it was really really fantastic I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that so uh, that's my video games list um, David what's yours uh, so there are a couple of similarities. But um, I've actually got sort of five and an honourable mention. Honourable mention will go to Guardians of the Galaxy because I did really enjoy that game. Uh, and I know, yeah, there were there were issues with it. It wasn't as deep as maybe it should have been. But I thought the storyline itself was pretty solid and it was enjoyable. The uh, um, the acting was really good in it. Um, you know, it's a slightly different variation of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters because it's not based off the movie. It is based off the comic book, which is obviously also the source for the movie. So mm -hmm. um, there are similarities, but there are also slightly different takes on those characters as well. So it's sort of influenced by both, I think, to a certain extent, but not an exact mirror of it. But um, certainly worth playing through and uh, maybe not worth picking up as a full price game. But it's certainly if it's on sale somewhere, pick it up. If you like the, the Marvel stuff and you like Guardians, definitely a solid, you know, 30 hour playthrough, I would say, without any question. So uh I would definitely give you know a nod to that. Um, my fifth game is Jurassic World Evolution 2, which came out um, earlier this year, uh, sort of only a sort of month or couple of months ago, if that. Um, second evolution of the uh, Jurassic World Evolution game, and it is essentially you managing a Jurassic Park uh, or a series of Jurassic Parks. It's not perfect. There are issues with it in that the story mode essentially was built. It was originally, I think, supposed to be released with the Jurassic World uh, Dominion, which is the next movie. So I think they built a storyline to go with that. And then we're told the movie was delayed. Hmm. So the... Um, the storyline that's actually in the game, which was the big campaign mode, kind of stops after four missions. And I strongly suspect that when the movie comes out, there will be a DLC which releases the rest of that, which because I think there is going to be a bunch of spoilers in there for the film. So I think that was probably supposed to be a lot longer than it was. However, they added a couple of other bits in um, there is what they call a chaos theory mode, which actually takes you back into other 
game other um movies and allows you to replay them so they're kind of a what if mode of what if the uh, jurassic world san diego park had actually opened um what if you were in control of the original jurassic park or the um, original jurassic world when that opened could you sort of manage it without it falling to pieces that sort of stuff so there is a lot of gameplay in there i mean i'm just looking i've played like 95 hours of that so it's not short of stuff to actually do in that game. Um, but the actual main story appears to be missing right now. Um, there is a lot of other stuff you can do, but just not the main story. So I'm hopeful that that, when the film comes out, will get expanded quite substantially. But um, it is worth playing. It is worth picking up. They're already releasing kind of DLC animal packs and stuff for it and that sort of thing. So uh, mm hopefully there'll be more coming out with that but if you like building games that's certainly quite good fun there's a lot of upgrades from the first game in that you can customize the look of the park quite a lot there's a big modding community which it doesn't directly support mods but there is a modding community which allows you to create some really amazing kind of layouts and stuff for it but uh, definitely worth looking at uh number four i've got evil genius 2 which is another kind of building game i love the original evil genius i've came out years and years and years ago and they've now finally got around to doing a second one of it which uh, basically puts you in charge of an evil genius and uh, you are managing your evil layer and you have minions and your object is to go and take over the world it's wonderfully fun it's very silly uh it is a base building game so you are building out your 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 base to create area for you to have your minions kind of eat live and so you can send them off to die on the world map uh, you uh, you are basically trying to sort of take over the world and there is a usually a a plot for there's three or four kind of main evil geniuses and uh, you can you play as one of those and they each have a different kind of main goal and a weapon that they use to try and take over the world which is a sort of big central weapon that you build and um that's just wonderfully fun it's got a wonderful sense of humor to it there's all sorts of very silly things in that game and i like that sort of stuff so uh, that i really enjoyed number three i've got in cyberpunk 2077 because i again i mean i know problems with it i played it through on pc and had zero issues absolutely none um i it may have crashed once on me but that could have just been the pc um i i really had no issues with it at all and i was playing it like pretty much out of the box so um yeah no t-poses no um issues with cars flying randomly all over the place i really had no problem with it it played through perfectly well i know there was a lot of stuff cut out of that game and um that ha is a problem but it's a sort of problem with how they hyped it not a mm. problem with the final game i thought and there how was much a time lot they actually fun. had to develop it as yeah well. yeah exactly um you know i i think the problem with that was the fact that people were expecting even more than there actually was in there but if you look at it clean and fresh and don't look at all the stuff that was supposed to be leaked online beforehand um yes it was cut down from what maybe it was originally supposed to be but that does not negate from what was actually in it it was a a really solid well-written story um 
yeah, I know it didn't work properly on some platforms, but for me, it worked perfectly well. And, you know, I mean, I've got a reasonable gaming PC, but it's not like a, a ridiculously high-spec rig. It's, you know, a perfectly normal, like, mid-range gaming PC. So, uh, and it played perfectly fine, you know, without any problems at all. So, mm. you know... It's supposed to be, uh, for anybody that's still got <clears throat> interest in this game, there's supposed to be an update, a, a bigger update coming in uh, q1 of 2022 if that actually happens we don't know but uh that's the intention because that's supposed to yeah. be like the, that's supposed to be like the next gen patch thing and it's supposed to be a bit of a bigger update so yeah because there is they're supposed to be releasing it i think sometime towards the middle of next year for the uh the Which? ps5 uh yeah so th- when when that kind of comes out there's you know when the uh when the the they release the next gen version of it i think there is a big patch coming out for that so um it'd be interesting to see what there is in that and when they you know when they add a bunch of stuff that makes it worth going back in again um so uh second place i have psychonauts 2 which you know you've spoken about already i absolutely adored the first game which does stand up incredibly well considering how old it is it really does stand up well the only thing that really lets it down are the cut sequences um more than anything else you know playing through that on pc it really plays through perfectly well it's just the cut sequences are a bit stretched because it was all designed for like a four by three screen and it's a widescreen like (laughs) thing at this point um but uh yeah i i very much similar to sort of the first game uh, with some improvements still an incredibly well-written story i love uh, tim schafer's stuff and um i think he did a wonderful job with this i always keep an eye out for stuff when it comes from tim schafer uh, he's the you know one of the old lucasarts monkey island people and um you know i thought they did a wonderful job with that so really really enjoyed that uh any idea what my number one is um did Civilization VI come out this year? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's been okay. I'm, out guessing, for a I'm just guessing it was a building game, and that's the like newest one. Um, building-ish, actually. It's uh, oh, right. open world and a building game, actually. Uh, what else could it be? I, and technically, it was in early access for a very long oh, time. Oh, was it that other Subnautica game? Yes. Do it, is it below so, below zero? I think it's yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Below Zero, uh, which officially got its full release, although, I mean, it was originally released in early access in January 2019, but um, it's gone through a huge amount of change because they switched the writer, so the entire story changed um, halfway oh. through the development oh. of it. I mean, it, it completely changed direction. Um but uh, if you don't know the Subnautica games, you're basically you're dropped on a, a planet which is mostly made up of water. There is actually quite a bit more land in Sub-Zero. Uh, the difference with Sub-Zero being uh, or below zero, sorry, um, the difference with below zero being the fact that um, a lot of the area around it is frozen, as you would expect. Um so uh, you're dropped on this world. You're supposed to survive by picking up resources and building yourself a base. And then there is this alien conspiracy thing. Um, actually, a friendly alien rather than a, a nasty alien. But there is this alien conspiracy thing that is going on in the game. And there's this big storyline that you have to go and follow. Um, so it, it doesn't connect directly to the first game, but it takes a lot of the um, world building that they did 
and it moves it on and uh really loved the story for this i thought they did a wonderful wonderful job putting that together uh it's um it's solid from start to finish um the you know i i, I love the subnautica games in the way that they they release them in early access and you can play around with them and you can play along with the development and you you know they when it comes to the sort of the final release i have to limit myself in how much i play it before the final release comes out you know i, I it's one of those that i will play a little bit and then um leave it for like three or four months and then go back and see how it's updated and how it's changed and then leave mm-hmm. it for three or four months and kind of you know and, and that i always end up going and restarting it again and again and again and you sort of end up building you know new submersible new submersibles and like um research you know they've got new tools and all that sort of stuff but uh it's a wonderful game if you like those open world survival games it's uh it's fun it's got some wonderfully dark creepy stuff in it as well as you go and you know there are some great jump scares in there as you go and explore the kind of dark areas and stuff and uh yeah just fun all around i really really love that game and the first one is brilliant as well if you've not played the original subnautica go and get that because you can pick them up fairly cheaply uh if you've got a ps4 you can play it in um uh bsvr as well i think oh, so cool. I, I'm pretty sure the original, certainly, I think you can play in PSVR. I, I presume you can with Below Zero as well. But, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, worth looking at, definitely. Cool. I uh, just want to give a couple of shout-outs to some other games as well. Uh, I'm currently playing a game called It Takes Two, which won the official uh, game of the year. I mentioned that to yesterday, I think, David. I'm playing that with uh, my mum currently. We're having quite a good time with... Uh, yes we're doing that we played a bit more today we're slowly kind of getting through it um i don't know how much we've got of the left of the game but i can't really put it in this list because we haven't actually finished it yet but it is it is very very good there are some kind of surprisingly difficult parts in it but it is very very good and two other games i want to give a shout out to as well uh last of us 2 because i'm still trying to get like everything in that uh i've got the platinum but there's two like additional trophies you can get one's for finishing the game on grounded and one's for finishing finishing the game on permadef which for those of you that haven't done it i do not recommend you do those two things at the same time (laughs) because it will be very hard so i'm currently trying to do it on uh easy and uh permadeath and then i'm going to do another playthrough on grounded but i'm yeah still playing that game a year and a half in and the other game that i definitely need to give a shout out to it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the 2019 version, because I've been playing that game not every day, but regularly for two years. And the fact that it's kept me playing it for two years is, is quite something. And I'm surprised at the amount of updates they've kept giving to it, because they've got Warzone now, they've got Vanguard, they've got uh, Black Ops Cold War. And yeah, there's been some problems with it in the last couple of days, but those will get ironed out soon. And for also still being, in my opinion, the best first-person shooter on, on the market, I think. Uh, just in terms of like gameplay and how it feels to shoot the guns and that kind of stuff. So uh, very good stuff. So just wanted to mention those. Uh, great. Are you still there? I am. I am here. I'm here. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Welcome great. back. Great. Great can stay with us for the the rest of the episode because we're going to do our film and uh, TV list next. Lovely. Um, great. Seems you've been away for the last ten fifteen minutes. Uh, I'll let you go first. What is your best film of the year list? 
that you've got? Okay, so I uh, spent a bit of time curating my top 10 earlier today, um, and I will do my one, my 10 to 2, and then I will let you guys guess to see if you can get where my number one is. So cool. in at number 10, I'm going to put an animation that was released on Netflix, and I'm going to put in Mitchells and the Machines. Uh, just did something different this year uh, with animation, uh, told a good story, humorous, good family film, and, uh, you know, available for all the family, in my opinion. So that came in at number 10. Um, number nine uh, were the Eternals, uh, the MCU's big um, group number that they released earlier this year. I put that in at number nine. Um, number eight, uh, a film only very recently watched, actually, um, on Netflix again. Uh, it was just a real distraction movie. It was entertaining. It had three actors in their very best roles, and I thought it was Red Notice. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Gal Gadot um, were just really good, in my opinion. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, like, deep, serious, Oscar-worthy, but it's just fun, and what Netflix are putting out at the moment are really strong, so I kind of like that. Um, in at number seven, Snyder Cut of Justice League. Um, it may have been four hours long or whatever it was, but it was a really good retelling of the movie. Um, sort of a little DC films there. Um, in at number six, a movie that was released in February of this year. Uh, I remember it quite well. It's starring Rosamund Pike. It's a film called I Care A Lot. Um, it was quite um, fitting because it talks of the conservatorship program in the US. Um, and obviously that was going on with Britney Spears this year. But this film, I think, was in the making for a few years. Just tells the story of a lady whose business is to look after older people um, when they uh, are getting a bit old and can't manage themselves. And she was a little bit of a con artist. It was a really interesting take on the film. Um, so that was uh, I Care A Lot in at number six. Uh, and then number five. Number five is No Time To Die, our Bond movie of the year. I'm going to put that in there. Really enjoyed it. Bit, a little bit too long, which is why it sits at number five. Um, uh, but, you know, really, really good um, final outing for Daniel Craig. Mm. I thought it made a really good use of it. It's like two hours, 45 minutes. I thought it made yeah. a really good use of that. Of and that it needed time. all that time, didn't it? It needed yeah, that time. Yeah, there's a lot of things going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things going on. Uh, in at number four, um, our lovely, before she fell out with Disney, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. <laughs> um, really enjoyed that film. A good old romp, a good old solo film. I think I remember telling Dave back in when I did the original review, I just wish that had come out in 2011, 12, when it really deserved to come out, but they weren't mm -hmm. putting, you know, uh, lead females in those superhero movies. Um, number three is a, a bit of a curveball for anybody who didn't, you know, it's a film called Palm Springs. Again, I've, I've talked about this one on the Geek Town podcast with Dave. Uh, it's a movie starring Andy Samberg about a guy who gets stuck in a time loop. And you look at all the press and the marketing, it looks like a romance, sort of a rom-com. But it was really, really good. Uh, so if you want to go out and watch that, it's uh, Kristen Milotti and Andy Samberg. And it was available on Amazon when I watched it. Um, and then my number two, so they're obviously for you wondering what my number one is. My number two is a Ryan Reynolds film. It's Free Guy. Um, I didn't see it when it was in the cinema, but I oh. did see it when it was on Disney+. Plus. Um, absolutely fantastic. Really good. Um, almost like a video game type movie for someone who just stayed very quiet for the big gaming chat. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is my number two. So I'll leave you two to decide which do you think went in as my number one. Uh, Shang-Chi. That? Uh, you I don't know if you... No, you wouldn't have put Venom. No, you wouldn't have done that. Uh, 
You haven't seen Spider-Man yet, have you? I haven't. It'd been in isolation. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> that, uh, that may have been. Look, from the early things I've been hearing, that could have been in number one, or at least top five, but... What else could it have been? I remember there was, like, an obscure film that you put, or it might have been a documentary on the Geek Town nominations, but I can't remember the name of what it was. So... Um, there was there, there was definitely one I put on, yes. Um, mm. I, I, I remember there, I remember there was one that Gray put on one of those lists, and it, I don't think me or David had heard of it, so it might it might be whatever that was. No, Dave got <laughs> yeah. it. It was Shang Chi. Okay. Absolutely, <laughs> going to put Shang Chi out there as my number one film. Just fantastic solo film. It <clears throat> didn't rely too much on the previous plot, but honoured those bits. Um, and really, really, really well. Uh, has Aquafina fast becoming one of my favourite comedy actresses um, in it as well. And Simu Lee, I've been following for ages when he was on Kim's Convenience on Netflix. Um, but yeah, Shang-Chi, standout, my number one film um, in, in my top ten. So that is mine. Excellent. Uh, David, yes. I'm going I'm to go uh, next if that's all right. Go on, yes, go on. Cool. I did just jot two films down while Gray was talking because I just two of them sort of sprung to mind. Uh, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, uh, I've got 14 films in here, but I'll I'll try to take too much time with them. Uh, which stars Ryan Reynolds. It's the uh, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which I really enjoyed that film. I just somehow uh, forgot to jot it down in this list, but uh, there's a lot of things to, to think about. Um, yeah, it's got Samuel L. Jackson and it's got this other person in there as well, and it's got it's just it's a really fun time i really enjoyed the first film as well this is uh, an interesting way to kind of do a sequel and stuff and if you're to take those film franchises like film franchises that people consider like fun so the one the two i'd point to is like transformers and fast and furious two that i've fallen out with but people still kind of consider fun this is sort of i don't know how many more of these films it will get the the wife's bodyguard films because uh, the first one's called the Hitman's Bodyguard, I think, and then you introduce it as the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard in the second one. So I don't know how many more times Ryan and Samuel can can do that, uh, but that's kind of my new fun thing to to follow in in, in that same way. Because it's got like silly stuff in there, but Ryan Reynolds handles that so well as, as well as the other two cast members. So I thought I'd put that in there. And speaking of the other person who was in that Red Notice film, Gray, who was called uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson. He teamed up with uh, Emily Blunt for Jungle Cruise, which is another kind of really fun film as well, which I just remember to jot down in this list. Uh, again, what I don't know, you could probably do a few more of those. It's kind of like a, a modern-ish sort of version of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's got some of those kind of like fun elements to it. And of course, it's from Disney, so it's got that, it's got that kind of DNA in this film. But uh, it's got, like, I think, Jesse Plemons, who's in Breaking Bad. He's been obviously in a number of things as well. He's really fun. He's a really fun character in there and those are just two films i had just a lot of fun with and i'd i'd happily go and see more of either of those two films if uh if they came out uh number 12 we have a zombie film and it's uh, army of the dead so uh li- li- leaving warner brothers by his but but to the side uh zack snyder went over to work for netflix and he's creating sort of an army of the dead uh, universe. There was one that's called, I think it's called Army of the Thieves, which is like a prequel. I never quite got around to seeing that one. Uh, but Army of the Dead is Zack Snyder's um, take, kind of, again, actually, on uh, on zombies. I think he did Dawn of the Dead, 
uh, before, which I did also review earlier this year, but I can't put Dawn of the Dead in this list because it's way too old. <laughs> uh, but that was really good. Uh, the only kind of problem this has got with it, Army of the Dead, it's a little bit too long, and it's one of the films where although we just said with James Bond it makes good use of its screen time I don't feel like Army of the Dead quite does that well enough so it's a little the intro is like kind of long and, and that sort of stuff but uh, you got Dave Batista in here he's a f- fantastic actor as well he's been in some other things this year and uh, that was a lot of uh, a lot of fun some really cool different kind of ideas from Zack put into that film as well in terms of the zombies and stuff uh, sticking with zombies, uh, we had a special uh, The Kingdom film this year. It was called Ashen Kingdom of the North, and that was also kind of a prequel story, telling the story of Ashen, who's kind of the main character, and again, going to different cool zombie ideas, telling a bit more of a tragic story with that character. So that was a really kind of next installment of, of that, because there was no real news if there was a third season of The Kingdom. And then I remember Netflix sent me like a message, and they're like, hey, here's what we've got coming up this month. <clears throat> and kingdom ashen of the north was just kind of sitting in there so that that's how i actually found out about it but uh that is very very good uh switching away from the the fun uh stuff and the zombie things and uh, number 10 uh this is a film that i had to i had to look back through my own film reviews to find because this was all the way back in february i think it's 5th of february malcolm and marie this was a black and white netflix film starring zendaya and i think his name is john david washington the same guy who was in uh tenant as well and it's essentially the story of uh, this guy's a uh, writer and he's got his supportive wife by his side played by uh, Zendaya and the film is just basically two people talking for about two hours but there's some very very intense conversations uh, and uh, the whole film's in black and white so it's got kind of an interesting different visual aspect going on and some people did find it kind of boring unfortunately I guess you know there's some of those this is much more of a dialogue heavy dialogue driven performance driven film there isn't really much else to kind of lean on per se uh, but that was really really good as well uh number nine is gray's number one which is shang chi and the legend of the ten rings another very very good addition of t- to the marvel cinematic universe as i mentioned earlier with the the mcu kind of having a very strong returning year this year shang chi was part of that i really like just the the idea of the actual 10 rings how they like function and things it's it's a little bit iron fist uh, iron fist-esque but it's sort of a, a, a bit of a different spin on that you've got these rings that can do all this kind of cool stuff uh, some really great characters in there and again it's just another really good sort of we're going to plant this character in the cinematic universe we're going to tell you a story with them and then you'll see them again later and the mcu's always been very good at doing that Number eight is going to be Black Widow, uh, Scarlett Johansson, and of course uh, Florence Pugh. Uh, she plays uh, Yelena in that film, the, the 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 sisters, and you've also got um, the guy from Stranger Things, David Hopper, I think his name is, uh, playing some very cool characters. A really good way to kind of send off that character and set up Yelena as kind of the new Black Widow, and also again introduce some other characters that you could use again in potential films. That was very, very good. And I just enjoyed, you know, the the kind of spy action side of that, which I've liked a bit more of this year in certain things that we've got. Uh, kind of surprisingly, all the way down at number seven. I mean, it's just how maths work when you're doing a list. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League at number seven. Now, my only kind of uh, disappointing thing with this, and it isn't really to do with the film itself, it's what I mentioned earlier, which is Warner Brothers killing 
all of the momentum behind this film it just kind of puts a bit it puts a bit of a dampener on it doesn't it because it just sort of there's something so cool set up with that and what was set up with dark side and everything but it was a very very good story told by Zack Snyder infinitely so much better than whatever the hell Joss Whedon ended up doing in 2017 <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it actually was a a properly put together film this time instead of whatever that other thing was um for uh four new hours of content taking certain parts of the original story but then just adding in so much cool stuff dark side and all these other things that are in there and uh maybe that'll be the last time we see henry cavill superman for a bit we we don't know but uh, that was a very very good film and uh, probably the dceu's best film as well so Number six, another one of Grey Selections, No Time to Die, a film I very, very much enjoyed. Almost made its way into the top five, but again, maths, if you like six films and you want to put them in the top five, you just can't do that. So, uh, yeah, but uh, No Time to Die, um, maybe my favourite Bond film. I haven't seen loads of them. I think I've seen all of Daniel Craig's and some of uh, Piers Brosnan's films, so there's, of course, a whole era before that that I haven't really seen. Um, Did a good job of not only telling another James Bond story, but also introducing several other really interesting characters that could definitely be used again in the future. And with the purchase of MGM from Amazon, because they brought MGM, I believe, earlier this year, it gives the opportunity and a chance of, could we have an Amazon TV series for something in the James Bond world? Could that be a chance to use some of these other characters that were set up? Could you do a film that's on Amazon and then have like a separate thing in the cinematic, uh, in the in the theatrical releases it just gave so many more refreshing new options for the james bond film instead of just here's another james bond afterwards so that was uh very very good number five is eternals a film that i absolutely loved i had to put this in the top five um i'm really really happy with the uh, level of representation in this film as well not just with the the gay couple that's in the film but of course i think the mcu's first deaf character as well which is uh zakara i think her name is she's played by um lauren ridloff who's also in the walking dead she plays a character called connie on that show she was phenomenal phenomenal in this she's basically a speedster and i can't wait to see her again uh, if we if we do um so really really great stuff i liked almost all of the characters that were introduced there was a few that were kind of still pretty good but didn't quite take the spotlight of some of the others but um angelina jolie's now in the mcu and that's really cool as well. So, and a few Game of Thrones actors, and it did a very, very good job with what it set out to do. That's number five. Number four is a film that last year I would have put in number one, but there's three other films that beat this. Uh, it's A Quiet Place Part Two, which I waited a very long time for. It was literally before we got the, if we remember the first lockdown, <laughs> all, that, all that time ago. Uh, this was a film that was, I think it was going to come out in a week and then a week before the film was going to come out we were put into lockdown that's how close it was to getting released i i remember reviewing a film in that week i think i can't remember what it was all that time ago i was like oh i'll see you all next week for my review of a quiet place too and uh it uh had to wait another 14 months so i waited a long long time for this john krasinski back directing uh and starring in 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 that as well with emily blunt and the, the kids that are in it just really great intense uh, horror story that was told there. There's a third film in development. I don't think it's another sequel. I think it's just a third installment in the franchise. And that was such a good time. I, I enjoyed it so, so much. And 
that's uh, Quiet Place 1 and 2 are, are two films that, although you can't really do anything about it now, I wouldn't recommend watching those at home. That's just that there's certain films that are just built for that cinema experience, like with a lot of the comic book films. But that's one of them as well, where you just want a bit more quiet uh, and, and that type of atmosphere. So I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Quiet Place Part 2. Number three is uh, the new Spider-Man film. I think it's called No Way Home because they've got all different home names. But uh, No Way Home, the, the newest Spider-Man film. I can't tell you all the reasons that I liked it because it would go into some massive spoilers. But uh, wow, was that uh, that was that was an experience and uh, all sorts of noises from the audience of different kinds. Um, and yeah, that was I. I can't really tell you why I enjoyed the film because of spoilers, so I can't spend too much time on Spider-Man. But just an incredible, another incredible addition to the MCU, which again gives some interesting options going forward for the character of Spider-Man and what they could do there. Because that one's a bit more, bit of a different situation. Because that one's not entirely controlled by Marvel. You've got Sony kind of trying to keep hold of it, I suppose, uh, as well. But uh, yeah, I, I love the new Spider-Man film. Uh, as well. Uh, number two is a film I also reviewed this year. It's a Pixar film and I would have absolutely seen this in the cinema if it came out in the cinema but it only got released on Disney Plus. That's Luca and uh, really really enjoyed the story that they told there and there's a few kind of like LGBTQ elements to it in terms of the way the can't really get into spoilers the way that story is told has got similar themes to like somebody being afraid of who they are in that kind of way there's certain elements that are similar to those kinds of things uh, i can't i can't be specific with that you'll just have to watch the film but i think they told that story very very well and that was an incredible film so yeah, lots of films I really enjoyed in, in that list. Um, I guess it's up to the guessing game now. What do you both think I've got as number one? I thought it was going to be A Quiet Place 2, but obviously that was a little bit lower down your list. Mm. Um, so I'm going to pitch for a TV movie, Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. Okay, David, what do you think it was? <laughs> well, yeah, if you're going to go for a TV movie, it's Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, surely. My number one film for 2021 is Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh, uh, well done, David. We're, we're so good at this. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wondered if you'd sort of because I thought to myself they're either going to get it straight away because it's Zoe, or you're going to sort of be like, hmm, what what are the because it's it's not a theatrical release, so I was thinking you you might get a bit lost on that part because it's it's this is a streaming film, mm. but uh, no, you knew it was you both knew it was uh it was Zoe, and it was just like as soon as I finished it. And I went to update this list like a couple of days later. I was like, let's just go straight in at number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I hadn't seen... I had seen Quiet Place 2 at that point. I'd seen Luca at that point, but I hadn't seen Spider-Man. I saw Spider-Man after I saw Zoe. But then even when I went to put Spider-Man in this list, I was like, Zoe's still still going at number one. So, yeah. Uh, just just uh, just really really enjoyed what they did it's such a great it's just it's always just so good I, I i can't say anything new about it that i haven't already kind of said in regards to zoe so but i did warn you all i'd, I'd say the name uh, <laughs> zoe a, a few a few times so uh there we go uh david's got a yeah read out his uh list what do what do you have for your best film well 
I I didn't put because I wasn't sure about. Uh, yeah, so I didn't put Zoe's in my list, but yes, it will be in there certainly. Um, I, and I've not seen that many films this year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been looking through, like, been scrolling through movies, just thinking, have I only seen this many movies? So I've actually only got six in my list. I've actually seen, well, eight if you count Zoe's, seven if you count, like, Wonder Woman, but I, that's not going in my list. So, <laughs> uh, there, no. uh, so, so I have six films, basically. Uh, and at number six, I have Black Widow. Um, which I enjoyed. It was it was good. It was fine. I kind of agree with Gray. It would have been much better had they released it a lot earlier, you know, yeah, and it yeah. was part of that run. And, and it was fine seeing it now, and I'm glad she's got it. And, you know, you had some interesting characters introduced there. And, of course, you know, they have utilised some of those characters moving forward. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things that, it feels a bit out of place and I don't think it was as strong as maybe some other stuff. Uh, number five, I've got Suicide Squad because I really did like that film quite a lot. Uh, I, I mean, the without, it's not really spoiling things because it was in the trailer, but um, anything that ends with a giant starfish, I, I, it's just, you know, mm. I, wonderfully silly. And that is a direct take out of the comic books. It wasn't something stupid that they picked up for, for the, you know, and like messed around with for the movie. It was one of the, yes, the sillier kind of comic book villains. But the fact that they managed to do Starro on screen is just superb. Uh, and I like the humor in it. The fact that he kind of kills off so many people because it is a Suicide Squad movie. Really, really enjoyed that. I thought it was wonderful. So I, I, I thought it was much better than the first one as well. So I really, really like that film. Um, number four, I've got Free Guy, which I only watched very recently, but I, I really like that as a, as a sort of, um, you know, film based on kind of video game culture, and he plays Ryan Reynolds plays this NPC in it, and um, I just thought it, it's kind of the Lego Movie meets um the yeah ready player one kind of i mean that that's sort of the setup for it and uh you know it's this guy that's sort of trapped in this world realizes that that he is not what he thought he is and ends up sort of breaking out and becoming this kind of major character so um i i really like that i thought it was an interesting idea and um that's actually one of the stranger thing guys that directed that so i really enjoyed that film and uh, i you know i i hope they do more of it i i thought that was really fun uh shang chi lands at number three um again really solid marvel movie um based on a, a much much sort of appropriately maligned comic book because it was a tiny bit racist uh <laughs> the original comic book so it, it it was sort of and it was a bit of a cash grab um and the fact that they've kind of uh, managed to turn that into something quite major and uh, a really, really solid, interesting, you know, character with depth and uh, funny and works so well. I think that is a really solid addition to the MCU. And uh, I thought I loved all the characters in it. I, I thought they worked incredibly well. Aquafina was great. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that moving forward. Um, number two, I have Zack Snyder's Justice League. And it does make you want to slap DC and WB and go, what the hell were you thinking? Letting... Whedon do what he did 
with that original film when yeah. you had this. I mean, I mm. know he had to step away at that point. You know, it wasn't by choice. It was because of a tragedy. And, you know, he, he so he had to step away. And, but, I mean, you could have brought somebody in just to finish off Zach's vision. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, um, was it, uh, who's the Batman director? Um, Matt Reeves? Chris, no, the other, the older one, uh, Chris. Uh, Christopher Nolan? Yeah, Christopher Nolan. Uh, you know, it was reported that Christopher Nolan went to see the film, the Whedon cut with um, Snyder's wife and came out and basically said, turned to her and said, you can never let him watch that. It will kill him. And I, I could see why now, because the difference in quality between those two films is mm. like night and day. And I just... It's such a good version of that movie, and uh, I think they did an absolutely superb job with it. Uh, slightly weird that he knew it was going to be on home release and still re- insisted on doing it in the IMAX format anyway, which was a little bit odd. But, um, yeah, still absolutely wonderful. Really, really enjoyable. And, um, you know, I, I I completely agree with you, Matt. It seems ridiculous that they won't now use that as a jumping-off place to move forward um or killing all its momentum after like three days yeah yeah i just it's very strange um Mm -hmm. yeah that they're doing that but you know i I would like to know what zach thinks of that 2017 version but uh, (laughs) yeah yeah um so any clues as to what my number one is um had you said eternals no, I, I should point out I have not seen Ghostbusters. I've not seen No Time to Die. I've not seen Eternals. I've not seen June. So you might have seen Spider Man. And I haven't seen Spider Man. Ah oh, no. Um, I'm I'm lost, Matt. I... Otherwise, mm. all of those will be in my list. Yeah, it's not a DC film because there's only two of them. No. Nope. Uh, it's not a different. There's no Star Wars films. No. I was thinking something sci-fi. Mm. No. Oh. No, not something sci-fi. Something it was... animated? No, it was something... It was a streaming thing. Oh. Uh, it is a bit... ...to field. <laughs> it is what, sorry? It is somewhat left left to field. It's not... And it was a streaming thing. Go on, put us out of misery. It was yeah. it's something that I nominated into the Geek Town Awards as well. Uh, it's Bo Burnham Inside. Oh, oh right. I do remember you talking about that. Mm. Um, which uh, was is is a masterpiece, an absolutely outstanding piece of work. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, Bo Burnham is an incredibly talented uh, musical comedian. He, um, he's he got a couple of specials that are on Netflix, which are really, really funny. Um, it's meticulously crafted his stand-up, partly because he suffers from anxiety and he was starting to experience severe panic attacks. So he actually stopped performing on stage. And he was just getting back to the point in early 2020 when he was thinking, you know what, I think I got a handle on this. I'm going to go back on stage. And then everything that happened, happened. So um, 
he did he turned his sort of preparation for what was supposed to be the stage show basically into a movie that went out on to netflix called inside and it's entirely shot in his uh, guest house which is his studio in los angeles and um it's just incredible because it is it's incredibly funny um it's him performing music and songs and comedy but it's also the deterioration of his mental health as he goes through just being stuck indoors trying to put this thing together and putting that pressure on himself to create this thing which is the challenge he set himself um and it's incredibly heartfelt it's incredibly raw um but also a work of genius and incredibly funny um and i just you know directed written by him uh cinematography by him edited music i mean just completely his own project basically done as a one-man band and it, it is i mean it's picked up a whole bunch of any emmy nominations um and um I, it was completely well deserved i i just thought it was utterly phenomenal and uh, so yeah that's that's why I, it's unique and different and you know yes it's sort of more documentary stroke sort of special stroke film but still one of the best things released over the last 12 months and awesome. well worth going to watch awesome nice uh, so that is all of our film list, doesn't it? Because Gray's gone, I've yep. gone, and David has gone as well. Uh, I'm going to deliberately go last with my TV list. Um, David, uh, what's your TV list for 2021 for the best Okay, stuff? so a uh, couple of... I mean, there's been so much incredible TV around, so... Uh... Oh, you wait for my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've got sort of ten my top 10 shows, but I mean... Uh, special shout outs to things like The Flight Attendant, which I thought was brilliant, Dollface, Kevin Kaneff himself, uh, Young Rock I thought was superb, uh, Solar Opposites for All Mankind, Star Trek Discovery, uh, The Beatles Get Back documentary, which is, an, if you're a Beatles fan, even if you're not a Beatles fan, and just a music fan, is a phenomenal, um, interesting experience. Uh, Clarkson's Farm, which is way better than it had any right to be. Um, Star Wars The Bad Batch which was a wonderful animated series I mean just some brilliant brilliant stuff out there Uh, my top 10 list though number 10 um, Dexter New Blood which I've not you know not finished its run yet but I'm really really enjoying that and I'm going to put it at number 10 um, even though it's only sort of halfway through right now Um, but it's I loved that character I loved the original show it had a bit of a misstep towards the end and uh, this has really managed to redeem that and uh, when we we will see where it gets at the end of it but I I've been really enjoying that and um, I think they managed to craft something quite interesting and different picking up the character in a different place and sort of moving it forward and um, yeah I, I think they've done a wonderful job with that so I, I wanted to put that in number nine staged season two uh i the first stage was one of the funniest things to come out of lockdown last year and the second season was equally wonderful i really really um 
what they did with that. I do hope they do more because I could stand to just sit and watch those two guys, uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen, just sit and chat to each other all day. Mm. It, it was just brilliant. So uh, I've really enjoyed that. My number eight pick is uh, Mythic Quest, which came back for a new season. Um, I was trying to think of the shows which I've like, I want to see more of this. And uh, Mythic Quest has been renewed as well. So that will be returning for another season. But um, that's an Apple TV show. It's set in a gaming company. And uh, you have the second season has these two co-directors of this massive MMORPG. And uh, they're sort of trying to work out what to do next with the game. And they're kind of butting heads over it. But it is wonderfully funny. It's incredibly well written. It's from some of the same team behind It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And um, it, well, well worth, watch, worth watching. I would agree with you, Matt, as well. Apple TV has a astonishingly good run of uh, just incredibly well-written TV shows. Um, it, it is limited in the amount of shows it has on it, but everything that it's put out that has something going for it pretty much i mean they've they've done an incredible job it's not the netflix one of throw enough mud at the wall and see what sticks which is generally how netflix seems to do it they'll commission a million different things and then cancel half of them apple really have gone for quality over quantity and um, the, the quality they've gone for is, is just brilliant i mean the morning show as well which i haven't mentioned is is superb um for all mankind which i did mention is also another apple show and that is great uh number six i have loki which uh, i thoroughly enjoyed uh tom hiddleston back as loki and um really entertaining the way that they introduced that with the variants and uh lovely seeing richard e grant in there as well and just i thought a wonderful way of sort of explaining the kind of multiverse stuff which is the thing that's just started brimming and you know you're now going to see more of i haven't seen spider-man yet but obviously he's yeah, big major plot point of Spider-Man and will be a major plot point of uh, Multiverse and Madness as well. So um, I thought this was a really interesting way of kind of exploring that in the TV format first. Uh, WandaVision is at number five, which uh, was a great introduction for the MCU. I kind of agree with you, Gray. I, 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 the biggest issue that you had is the fact that the show that came after it made it fall a little bit flat. Um uh, you know, the, because WandaVision was so strong, I think. And I actually enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier a bit more than you did, but it did feel a bit flat compared to just the incredible work that WandaVision did. Um, so I there, there is that. Um, but uh, again, playing around with things quite a lot in a different way that we hadn't seen before in the MCU, the, the sort of skipping through the various TV genres and the amount of material meticulous work that went into doing that as well um in, in even in getting the sort of audience in so it felt like a sitcom for those early episodes you know just stuff like that they just did an incredible job with that uh number four zoe's extraordinary playlist um which um is is phenomenal and you know second season has been great film's great and hopefully they will commission more of it but we'll have to wait and see but you know we've said a lot about that uh number three i have foundation which is another apple another apple tv stuff it's an adaptation of an isaac asimov uh, series of books it, when you first hear that they're adapting it 
you kind of think this should be unfilmable because the books are very dense and very complex and it is something that you have to sit down and you have to focus on. You can't sort of half watch it while you're doing something else or you're looking at your phone. It is something that needs your attention. But um, they do an incredible job of holding that together. And um, I really enjoyed that. It's, it's pure hardcore sci-fi in the same way that something like the expanse is if you like shows like the expanse you will definitely like something like foundation um i i think it's a really beautifully shot thing as well i mean i don't know how much they spent on it but it looks like movie quality throughout it's absolutely brilliant and uh really really enjoyable and i'm very happy that that's coming back uh number two i have invincible which is the animated series um i just one of the best animated series to be released this year um i really like the storyline of it i actually went out and bought the comic books afterwards and it's very interesting to see how they've played around with it from the comic books but i i found that such good fun and uh you know interesting and different um incredibly violent and you can see why they did it in an animated way rather than doing it in another way because um if you'd done it in live action you would never have been able to get away with half the things that they did in that plus it would have cost more obviously Mm -hmm. Uh, but um yeah i mean it's unbelievably violent even more so possibly than the actual comic book itself and um but it, it it does it in a such a wonderfully visceral way i really thought that was a solid well-written put together series and uh any guesses at my number one i'm i'm flummoxed i mean there's one but it's quite high in mind but i didn't know if you were such a huge fan was it on channel four um yes it was yes okay it's not what i was gonna guess then because I, I, I know we've said the Arrowverse has been a bit of a disappointment, but I know that you still really love Legends, but I don't know, that wouldn't be... Yeah, yeah I, I do love Legends. I have, I mean, and uh, yeah, that's not made it into my list. I Out of all the Arrowverse stuff, it is still the, the top Yeah, show. I know that you, you really like that show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, is it, I'm going to, can I say it then? Yeah, if Matt's not going to get it, yeah. It's a I, sin? I, yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yes, um, it is, of course, it's a sin, because... It has to be. It, it was just an astounding piece of TV mm-hmm. um, from Russell okay. T. Davis. Um, I, I just, I mean, the it's a scene, as I'm sure most of you know, uh, it was about the AIDS epidemic. Um, it was following this group of young characters as they sort of start dealing with it. And, uh, you know, as it, as it sort of arrives and starts to rip through the community and, it's heartbreaking incredibly funny as well in places um incredibly dark just some astounding performances particularly ollie alexander who did a a phenomenal job and uh, yeah particularly as that is pretty much the only acting role he has i think um and uh you know amazing amazing work from russell davis um now he's got some of this stuff out of his system it does make me very excited to see what he's going to do with doctor who when he's back on that next year but um yeah i i just i just thought it was an absolutely astonishingly well-written bit of tv and uh you know it's something that really shines a light on 
you know i mean i'm old enough to remember that when it was around and um but not obviously from the perspective of a gay person because i'm not a gay person and uh, you know i so it's very interesting to see it from that point of view of somebody that was there you know written by somebody that was there and dealing with it at the time um and just just i mean heartbreaking but incredibly funny and uh, as well as being sort of dark and twisted and uh, just I can't really give it hate enough praise on that show. It was just so beautifully done and, you know, sensitively put together. And uh, I, yeah, I, I really, the best TV I've seen in years. So. Hurrah. Well done. Yes. Awesome. Nice. Well, I said I was going to go last deliberately. So great. You're up next. What is your TV uh, list? So uh, honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, there are quite a few here. Um, Stage series two mentioned that was high on my list last year. There's just so much good TV. Line of Duty, Unforgotten. I mentioned earlier, Nicola Walker got best actress for me. Dollface, special, the Netflix sitcom about the disabled gay actor. Um, Inside Number Nine, Hawkeye, Loki, White Lotus, Vigil, Motherland, and Feel Good all didn't make my top ten, but they were in my top. 22 i think that makes um so in at number 10 um properly finished this this week actually and it absolutely deserves to be in my top 10 and that is kevin can f himself um i know matt spoke about it earlier the amazing annie murphy um but oh so dark so good such a different take and you just wouldn't have expected um sort of that style of program it's just completely original and i really liked it and um yeah i can't wait to see where they go with season two um in at number nine uh starstruck this is an iplayer show starring comedian rose matafeo um and it just shows the the story of a a girl who has a one night stand but she doesn't realize the one night stand is a big hollywood actor um because she's not really you know aware of his stuff um and it just follows that sort of storyline and rose matafeo really good actress actually as well as being a a, an award-winning comedian too um in at number eight already mentioned earlier a flight attendant um really enjoyed that um in at number seven um, it's not. I haven't finished it yet. As you know, I'm watching it as it goes out. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist takes a big drop from 2021, I'm afraid, Matt, um, just because so much fantastic TV this year. So Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist goes in at number seven, and I've still got about four episodes left. Um, in at number six, Love, Victor, um, season two. Absolutely beautiful. Um, really enjoyed that. Very heartwarming. Um, sort of holds a special place in my heart, that programme. Um, number five, again, already mentioned tonight, is Invincible. Uh, introduced by you two uh, hearing you have a conversation about it earlier in the year I thought I'll give this a go absolutely couldn't get enough of it and really can't wait to see I think season two and three is being renewed for hasn't it yes so so really looking forward to that uh, season four controversially I, I know some people can say it's his best season but a really good season for sex education in my opinion I'm putting it in my top four um, again I, you know a lot of things about who I view it with and I viewed this with my other half and it was a really good sort of uh, really enjoyable discussion based program and you know it's really um, beautiful performances um, from the Kuti Gatwi which I, I, I nominated earlier as best actor in at number three, our very own Kate Winslet's Mayor of Easttown. Um, again, binged over a weekend I did this one. And it was my darkest, darkest um, drama in the top ten, I think. Um, but really well done. Like a really different approach. But 
had all the good tropes that you need for a gritty drama um and kate winslet just gave a fantastic performance and then in at number two it's it's a sin um it was so tough between my one and two and i'll let you battle out what you think number one is at the moment but number two is it's a sin um no tv show since dr green died in er has made me sit on my sofa and cry um and this did um and two episodes made me cry in particular three and four um and it was just the most amazing piece of drama and even though it was so such a, hor- a horrendous storyline and really you know reflective of the past it was so heartwarming at a time we needed it in mm-hmm. january we were just in that next lockdown and for me and a lot of my friends who had connected um over sort of social media and had this really good community group it brought us together and really bonded us um and it was just a beautiful piece of drama and i, I mean to be honest i think they're joint first position my two programs which I, i'm letting you guess out in a moment but this to me was absolutely beautiful and is my number two at the moment uh which do you think is my number one then i'm stumped because i thought it would either be like it's a sin or sex education or maybe love victor or one division somewhat one of those ones you mentioned um... it is in that list mm-hmm. uh so we yeah, have one division you haven't actually mentioned you didn't mention in the top 10 did you no, so no. so yes one division one division would be a good call i would yes it is so, oh, okay. the, All right. the, the only reason that this i picked put this just above number two and this is like my honest reflection it's the only one i've watched twice and for me to watch a series twice is really rare i would never ever mm-hmm. you know go back and watch something twice unless you talk about like friends and will and grace which you always yeah. have on in the background but this i i watched it all and then the day before the final episode i watched it all again um <laughs> and then i watched the final episode and then a couple of days later i watched the final episode again and so I've gone back to it. And that is why, just on the absolute, you know, tiny bit of hairline, I put that above It's a Sin. Because if it made me go back there twice, um, I got something out of it a lot more than I have for, for quite a long time. And looking back at 2020, when I had things um, uh, like uh, Zoe's Story playlist was in my top uh, and stage, you know, these things that meant a lot to me and WandaVision meant a lot to me. And I went back and watched it again. So that is my top 10 for 2021. Let's start writing my 2022 list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've got quite. I've got a top 10 and quite a lot of honourable mentions. So I'm just going to quickly burn through my honourable mentions. I've also got like, I, I, I put a hashtag next to these. I meant to put a star next to them. I've got like honourable mentions that have got a hashtag. They're supposed to be a star. I'll just say star instead. Uh, next to them so those these are the those are the other one honorable mentions that are like a bit more special Uh, so starting off with the first uh special honorable mention is the walking dead world beyond i've already spoken about that before with the uh the the series finale thing uh just really good really can like consistent everything um and just it kind of felt like it was a little bit underappreciated i suppose we we Mm -hmm. talked about that sort of yesterday in our series wrap up um, not in my top ten, but one that you've both mentioned because I I just I just couldn't fit everything in. It's just you know so, some things just have to be left out. It's a sin gets a uh, star 
honorable mention from me just because i couldn't fit it in with uh with everything else uh but like you've both said really great story really important story as well um and i uh, really really loved what uh what they did with that uh these next three are just normal honorable mentions uh first one is uh american horror story season 10 says from the main show one of the best seasons of american horror story but the finale just almost ruined it and didn't really make any sense like you could you could look at what happened in the season finale and go okay you know what happened but you don't it doesn't really make sense as to why and it sort of it, it tried to sort of go for it a bit too much and be sort of oh look how shocking we can be and kind of just go for broke and i felt like it just almost pushed itself too far in that direction and didn't really come up with a better idea for its ending so that's that one uh, and that's actually uh, it's a double feature weird thing for this tenth season. So that uh, that story is only six episodes. Uh, there's still the other weird four episodes with this different story that I don't know much about yet. Uh, next one I got is the normal honorable mention: American Horror Stories. Really enjoyed the first season. Uh, changed the game really for American Horror Stories, switching from a episodic anthology as opposed to a seasonal anthology. Uh, that was really good. And there was only like two episodes I didn't really get on with. There was about six episodes in total. But all the other episodes really, really stood out. That was great. Uh, another show I enjoyed this year, one that I podcasted on, is Ted Lasso. I had a few frustrations with some parts of the season. Um, some of the stories that they told really liked how it set up season three, which is going to be the final season. But uh, some really good kind of callbacks, like the, the you know English football and Premier League teams and all that kind of stuff as well. So that was really good another normal honorable mentions monsters at work uh it was so good to go back to the monsters inc universe see those characters again see mike and sully again and kind of change the format go to a was it nine episodes ten episodes something like that go to an episodic story this time uh tell kind of an overarching story with like tyler in his um laughing thing what, what he was trying to achieve uh but still had mike and sully in there they were still kind of like really part of the heart of the show and that was really just great to be back in that world again. Uh, another honourable mention, this isn't a uh, star one, it's a normal one, is Invincible Season 1. Just didn't quite get itself into my top 10. Really enjoyed the different type of story there from Rob Robert Kirkman. Obviously I've enjoyed uh, The Walking Dead that he's done and, and the TV show for that. So that's in there as well. Uh, this one might be a bit of a surprise. This is an honourable mention with a star next to it. This is The Witcher Season 2, which I did another big marathon day on uh, Friday. Did the same thing two years ago. Uh, it's a setup season, really, for season three. It still tells a pretty good story in season two, but it did miss a couple of beats. But I really, it, it's one of the things where once we see season three, and it pays off those things a bit more, it will make season two probably look better than what it is at the moment. But uh, that was still a very, still a very good season. Henry Cavill being in something was was great as well. Uh, so that was really good. Uh, another star honourable mention is Star Trek Discovery Season 3. It did end this year. Uh, I haven't managed to see any of Star Trek Discovery Season 4 because of what happened. Um, yeah, a couple of introductions to a couple of new characters. A bit of a different story that they did uh, with the time stuff and everything. And I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, one that I am going to put in, in my list, which I enjoyed a bit more than both of you did. But didn't quite enjoy it as much as uh, its first half. Uh, this is an honourable mention that doesn't have a star next to it. That's Big Sky because I still do feel, although although they weirdly tacked this second half part of it on with this ranch storyline, which didn't quite really work, when they still continued the story from the first half, that was still really great, and I liked how that set up its second season. Uh, one from Apple TV Plus, actually the next um, 
Next few are from Apple TV Plus actually. This is a star honourable mention. This is for Servant. Really good like horror series with the baby and the story there and uh, and what's going on with that. That's been renewed for a uh, fourth and final season actually. It's got a third season coming out in early next year but it's also been renewed for a fourth and final season. Yeah. That was great. Uh, another honourable mention with a star next to it is Mystic Quest. Uh, I somehow almost forgot to put this in the in the list there's just there's just so much television that i i almost forget certain things but uh that was really really great maybe slightly slow in the some of the middle parts but still when 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 it hit its high notes it really really did so that was great as well uh i already mentioned i got ted lasso written down twice for some reason but never mind uh the other honorable mention i got that that's a normal one is uh c with jason momoa and david dave batista it was good to see dave in in a couple of things this year like with uh the zombie film that i mentioned earlier uh really great story i uh, really like the sort of um the mechanic they've got in that world of the whole sound element and uh the, the combat and everything which is great told a really good story so that was great as well uh actually my next two are also apple tv plus shows so it does deserve the, the award i gave to it earlier uh the next one which has got a star next to it which is another honourable mention with the star, is uh, Mosquito Coast, which I really, really enjoyed as well. That was the, um, I can't remember his name, the guy from The Leftovers. He was kind of the, the dad in that show. This is like Apple's attempt to do a Breaking Bad Ozark-ish sort of story. Really, really good. Really liked how that set up a second season, but that was uh, quite intense and really good at certain points as well. And uh, the last honourable mention, which doesn't have a star next to it, is The Morning Show, which was really, really good as well. Um, did you have that in your list, David? I didn't. No, um, it, it should really have got in the honourable mention list. I right. did actually mention it like afterwards, but yes, um, mm-hmm. that was great this season as well. Yeah. Really, yeah. really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, put it in honourable mentions. It, it had the like slightly slow start to the first half, but when it kicked on, mm-hmm. it really kicked on. But if the second half of the season, it's almost like it almost has the reverse problem of Big Sky, where it's got a Slower first half and better second half, whereas Big Sky's the other way around. Um, so that was good as well. So uh, that's the morning show. I've scrolled too far on my mouse. There we go. Um, all right, into my actual top 10. Uh, I think in total I've got 26 shows on this list, <laughs> which when I said my TV list was, was a bit bonkers, that's what I was talking about. So anyway, uh, in, into my top 10. Number 10 is a show that neither of you mentioned. I don't know if either of you have seen this. Uh, it's the massive Netflix hit Squid Game that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, it's that classic thing for me is that of the game of survival, but in an actual game sense. You know, there's the, there's the idea within these apocalyptic worlds that I really like of how do people survive. This is more of a somewhat controlled environment where there is like rules and, and things like that. But uh, it's essentially 200 people are put into this game. And they have to pass six different games, and the last one alive wins the game. That's the best way to put it without spoiling anything. I've just started and... it in my lockdown, so... Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I watched lots of it on one particular night, and uh, I, I think I watched like all of it almost in one go. That was really, really good. Possibly deserved... I, I mean, I could argue for most of these to be in the top five, but of course we can't really do that, so... Uh, that was really good. Number nine uh, is a show that only just aired in, in the UK, but uh, I got uh, access to it before that. Uh, Superman and Lois at mm-hmm. uh, number nine. Probably already the best, well, it's current running, the best of those DC shows. It's not strictly Arrowverse, although it sort of is because it's got the same version of Superman yeah. from before. So it it's sort of like unofficial, in quotes, Arrowverse, but it's very much connected to that. 
a very very good superman story because you know we haven't had superman much on the on the big screen <laughs> so uh yeah tyler hecklin taking the the lead role this time and and elizabeth as lois uh very different feel as well i know that's one of the things that you pointed out david with mm-hmm. uh it just not feeling like a cw show feeling like much more of a super a, a superhero hbo max show you can you can see it on the screen the difference in budget and yeah better writing better storyline shorter season as well 13 episodes that's coming back soon next month for its uh, second season but that was easily the best uh dc show of the year not that it had much competition but uh it was still the the best dc show of the year number eight is a show that uh gray also mentioned is sex education this is for the third season uh some really good well actual education in there uh, in terms of uh being sort of sex positive and all that kind of stuff and like you said with i believe his name is eric uh who's um otis's best friend really good story what they're told with there lots of good different stories with different characters and uh, that was just a very very enjoyable uh season of tv and when you make a show like that that's about a particular subject you've got to go for it like you've got to just not be afraid to show things and they they went for it and i really appreciate that so that's good uh, I'm surprised myself I got this next show listed so low, but it's just how this works out. Number seven's One Division, which I did want to put in my top five, but it just it just didn't fit. It just you can only put five in your top five. Is One Division uh, was return for the return for the MCU after about eighteen months or so, and opened up a bunch of doors. Obviously with the multiverse storyline, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, you know, put her in my in my actresses sort of list. She did a really great job. Really sort of a bit different, you know, changing the format to a TV show for the MCU. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Number six, which just about missed on the top five as well. Uh, there were sort of these top seven shows I spent a long time trying to put into a top five. And uh, you can't, you just can't do that. Number six is Working Mums, which I think is a show that neither of you watch. Uh, it came back with another really, really strong season. I think there's going to be another season after. I think this was for season season five or season six, but the, the newest one that came out this year. Just again telling some really great stories with those characters and they went for a few different things with a couple of the characters this year that could have could have not worked if the writing was worse but the writing's very very good. They planned really well what they were doing and uh, they, they, t- they took some risks basically a little bit more with that show so that was really really good. Alright breaking in, into the actual top five the shows that made it into the top five. Uh, there's a show that I think both of you have mentioned. Uh, number five is Kevin Kenneth himself, uh, which was just a bit of a game changer. For, game changer, sorry, for the multicam sitcom type of thing, with putting this like drama spin on it. I know some people said they struggled a little bit to get on with like the tonal shift. As soon as I kind of saw the first like drama, the first dark sort of scene, I almost got straight away what they were kind of going for. Um, because it, it's it's the way for me that they tell that story and how they break like the characters apart and sort of you know tell those scenes is really interesting because there's a couple of uh, specific ways that they do that but uh annie murphy doing a phenomenal job as well and uh, so that was really good uh number four is going to be another apple tv plus show it's the only one uh pretty much that's left it's invasion uh it's a show i really really enjoyed gave it uh, the best episode award with season one episode six and yeah just this idea that you'd grab like five different sets of characters you tell the same story but from different locations but then make it click together really well um and having a, a very good structure it is was probably quite different to write in terms of how when do we switch to a different character and sort of tell their story 
and, and break away from these different scenes. So that was uh, really, really enjoyable. I really like the pacing and everything of that. That has been renewed for a second season. It got renewed like the day before the attempt episode came out, I think. So uh, that was amazing. Alright, top three. Uh, Love, Victor is at number three. Uh, I already gave the, the main actor the award for best uh, actor, which is good. Um, to show that... Now, this isn't me putting a bias towards the show, but um, uh, this show helps me do something this year. Something that I've been sort of trying to do for about four years and on the 19th of August when this show was still on the air it was still running its episodes it uh, helped me to come out this year and that's something that's very very important and very very significant um, and of course one of the things you've got to say about that is this isn't me giving a bias towards okay this show helped me so that makes it better it obviously had the quality to be able to tell that story properly mm. and sort of push me a little bit towards doing that and I remember every every Friday night when the episodes would come out and the title cards would go and the, you know it'd be this kind of happy song and um there's a couple of lyrics in the song actually that I wanted to point out um I can't remember if I if I know it word for word but it's sort of um everything is going to be all right and everything will be just fine um and those those two particular lines in the lyrics of the titles really did stick with me and kept making me think about like how my parents would take the news of me me telling them and it, it just it just all worked out very very well so uh that's uh the, the story of of all of that so that was good uh number two is uh a zombie show it's black summer uh, it's the best zombie show in my opinion on television i don't know if we're getting a third season but my goodness was that intense <laughs> that second season oh my god um, I've described haven't I, David, a few times on the on the main show, on the more beyond, just the manner of how these, not even zomb- zombies, how they work in this show, and the, just the terrifying nature of them. And somebody would die, they'd get up and turn and run at you within about five seconds, and they would be relentless. They'd do things like jumping through windows to get to you, and it's what a season of television. I mean. The stunt work, the close calls with characters, um, the stakes that were in the show as well. Uh, and they did jump around a little bit with the story, but they still managed to tell it very, very well. And I can't even point to one specific episode that was more intense than the others, because it was it just did that the whole way through. Uh, and it was just incredible. So that was, uh, that's number two. Uh, <laughs> all right, what do you think is number one? Oh, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it, David? Yeah, I'm I'm struggling here because I mean I'm trying to think of all the things that you mentioned in like the that shows longest. already. Uh, it's going to be is it's going to be is two thousand and two twenty twenty one as well, I think. Well, I mean, have have you mentioned? Did you mention Zoe's in there somewhere already? He hasn't yet. <laughs> Zoe's Zoe, surely. So my number one, this is a TV show that I do have a few things to say about before I mention what it is. Because I want to build up to this a little bit. This is the second season of a TV show that in my opinion, now I haven't heard anybody else sort of express something similar to this. This is a very kind of, you know, particular of, of my own opinion. And this is quite a quite a big thing to say. And I've already said this a few times before. This, in my opinion, this second season of this TV show is the best season of a TV show that I've seen. I haven't seen every every single TV show that's out there, and you can't really. 
This is the best season of a TV show that I've seen since Breaking Bad's end in 2013. It doesn't make it a better show than Breaking Bad. Very, very close. I did do uh, an ep- a bonus episode for this show uh, shortly after I finished um, watching it. Um, but this is a show that's just incredible. It's just... I mean, I've already spoken so much about this show. Um, everybody already knows what it is. It's the extraordinary second season of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And that is... In terms of lists and deciding things like that that is one of the easiest decisions i've ever made easily (laughs) and uh it's just really something quite special this tv show and i'm very very glad that at some point soon whenever it's going to happen that this show will be available on a free to uh, free to stream platform that's going to hopefully really help it to get even more audience and we don't know roku's plans yet post the christmas film but um this is a show that does still need a few more seasons to just just express its creativity and um yeah it just that there, there is I can't think of because I we've all mentioned like through some of these shows like oh maybe this this thing is like why you've put this like slightly lower than this thing we've all, we've all kind of said those things as we go through this list I can't think of anything that I don't like about this show um, and I did a special bonus episode after I finished covering the second season. And uh, I actually went through... For those of you that haven't listened to it, I'm going to try and put the, the link to it in the show notes. I went through and listed every single thing that is in TV shows that people like. So things like sci-fi or guns or action, that those kinds of things that aren't in the show. Listing every single element in the show that I could think of that wasn't in it, but it still manages to be just so incredible without those things and i think that's that's a bit of a accomplishment itself but i've already spoken at length about this show a dozen times and uh yeah it's it's always extraordinary player season two which i don't think surprises literally anybody no. but no uh, but, i uh, um i found something that does annoy me and i don't want to put like that into you like to say there's something annoying because i'm a huge fan of it but i've not really enjoyed and i'm i'm not fully through this season yet i've not really enjoyed bernadette peters as deb like i've really struggled with her character and knowing that she's such a world-renowned like musical theater actress i've just not liked the song she's been given and i just feel like it's not working for me having her character in the show but that's just one i mean i'm absolutely picking at straws but it's the one thing i've really sort of grated a little bit as i've watched this season I'm like, oh, have they just invited her because she can sing? But actually, they're giving us some really bad songs that aren't right for her voice. And that's just me mm. being ultra critical. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think in regards to that character, I think that character's built to work on screen with Maggie. Mm. And I think when that... It's not very often that I can think of that she has scenes that were are not with, with Maggie. Yeah. Because it's sort of this, like... Mm you know female relationship uh, female friend, like, friendship yeah. and stuff yeah so i i feel like that's the purpose of that character um but she, she is maybe uh, the I only just, that's ca- one thing i um... yeah yeah she she's maybe the only character that i'd look at and think okay on your own individually you maybe don't work quite so well but i feel like her purpose is just you know to to, to be this kind of for maggie and stuff so mm. yeah yeah all right, I think that's absolutely everything. That's all of our TV lists, film lists, special mentions, my ridiculously long TV list. <laughs> I, I finished my list on, uh, what day was it? On Saturday after I'd done The Witcher, finished The Witcher. And it probably, I think it took me half an hour to decide this TV list. 
um to speak and that, that was me also adding things as well but the, the top five i just really really struggled with because uh, I, I remember approaching this list and thinking, okay, one division is going to be in my top five. Like it's just going to be. Then it ended up up at number seven. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we've gone on for a fair bit here. Thank you both very, very much for joining me for for this one. Um, yeah, that's our best and worst uh, list for for twenty twenty one. If you've got uh, any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments about what we've put in, what do you think, uh, audience, are the best and worst TV shows, games, and films? Uh, for 2021 uh, we'll be back again doing this again next year probably as well so we look forward to that but we still got lots of other things going on with entertainment talk uh tv video games films and eventually again manchester united podcast when they've returned to actually playing football when that happens uh, just a quick note as well uh just like i did with last year um last year when we did the 2020 list which yes zoe uh, gray you tried to guess if it was top of my list last year zoe was number one <laughs> in my in, in my list for, for last year of course it wasn't on in 2019 so that was a, a 2020 tv show for the first season uh just like i did last year when i did i recorded my process of coming up with this list uh i can't remember if the episode's longer or or, or shorter than last year but i've done the same thing that episode is going to be called deciding the best and worst of 2021 i did the same thing last year that episode just to give this episode a bit of time to, to cook and to be listened to that episode's going to come out next week that's just me slowly deciding this all, all these different things so i just thought i'd repeat the same thing that i did last year so uh you can check that out uh that's all of those things um yep yeah, so in the meantime if you want to find all the other things that we do you can find all of our podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org those are for tv video games films and manchester united podcasts so check all those out i've got a few episodes scheduled for the the break the upcoming christmas break so you can look out for those as well. Uh, if you want to support Entertainment Talk on the podcast, you can either just listen listen to more episodes that we've done, either by finding us on podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk, or the website, which I just mentioned as well. Uh, you can also use word of mouth and social media. Uh, let um, other people know about what we do and where they can find it. So you can do that as well. Share the word around on social media, word of mouth, that kind of stuff that helps us out. Patreon, $1.3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, David, what's going on with uh, Geek Town? Uh, well, Geek Town, we've got a new episode coming out tomorrow, which has a, a long uh, lost face returning to the uh, episode tomorrow. So that will be going out and that will be the last one of 2021. We'll be back in 2022 with new episodes. Uh, we are still running the Geek Town Awards over there. So you can tell us what your favourite shows and uh, video games and films of 2021 were. So uh, that's the 10th annual Geek Town Awards. That's it geektown.co.uk forward slash awards and if you enter you also get entered into our massive prize giveaway which has a huge bundle of geeky stuff from sort of fire tablets and chromecasts and uh, a whole bunch of other things as well as like dvds and blu-rays and books and geeky bits and pieces so uh, there's a huge prize that you can win by just going in and uh, filling out the form on the website so that's uh, geektown.co.uk forward slash awards Cool, cool. And the voting closes on the 31st. Yes. Right, so yes, you've got about 11 days to do so. All right, that's all that. Uh, Gray, where can people find you on social media? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Gray the Geek. Um, they can 
currently follow my self-isolation diary see what i'm getting up to each day <laughs> yeah um, i've seen that yeah. Yeah. yeah and then um i uh yeah i will be starting a new job in january at a new school so hopefully i'm going to be getting out and watching a few more films having a little bit more of a, a tv and film life next year than i have this year i've been quite restricted by the job that i've had but i have left that place now and uh i uh, i get to work just 20 minutes away from home first time nice. in a while so cool Cool, nice. So that's great stuff. Uh, speaking of um, one of the other co-hosts involved, uh, Bex, you can find her streaming over on Twitch. Trista B Y T E S. Go and give her a follow over there. I believe she's got a Christmas schedule out, so you can find her on you know Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. Trista bites Trista B Y T E S. You can find her on like Twitter and stuff as well. So go and check out what she's doing. Go and give her a follow on all those different platforms. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitch as well, Etalk UK. I am done with Twitch for the year, however, but I will be back in January with the next season of the Pez Coach. If you want to see how that season finished, uh, did I win the FA Cup? Did I finish in the top four? You'll have to find out. Uh, you can go over to our YouTube channel, which is uh, Entertainment Talk Players over on YouTube. It's all sorts of like Call of Duty clips that I'm putting up, things, a couple of things from The Last of Us, and all the uh, Twitch streams as well that I've done recently. So you can find those over there. I think that's everything. Uh, thank you both very much for joining me for a uh, length of time here. And uh, thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.